They went that way. Okay, male or female? Neither. They, them. What? That's their pronoun. Okay, so how many were there? Oh my God, one, you idiot. They're non-binary. So does non-binary have a hole or a pole? We just need to clarify. They who? Who them? Where were Who's who? Who's who? They, they, them? Oh, who? We're having pronoun trouble again. They went that way. For me personally, I'm a double pole, if you know what I mean. Welcome <laughs> back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Rukadowski here of WeArchange.org, and we have a packed house for you guys today with some really incredible and special guests all around from a lot of very unique, interesting places. One person snuck in here. We didn't even know he was here. And I guess he's planning to live here with us forever. We're going to get into that plus a lot more. Share this broadcast with your friends and family members as we are going to be going live for the next two hours. And we have a lot of very crazy stories to talk about as, of course, there are some new laws that have been passed in places like Colorado and New York City that are absolutely out of this world and something that Clint is taking very personally himself. <laughs> We're going to be talking about that, a lot of geopolitical news, a lot of other spicy conversations that we can't even mention here on this particular platform, but we will continue the conversation later on on rumble.com forward slash we are change. We're going to be live for the next hour here, two hours in total, and you guys can now participate in the chat by simply signing up and becoming members of LukeUnfiltered.com. For less than 50 cents a day, you get a plethora of amazing offers of value, one including the ability to call into this show and ask us anything in the spur of the moment, unfiltered, uncensored, raw questions from you guys calling in as members of LukeUnfiltered.com. Another way that you guys could participate is by going to MySuperChat.com, Yes, that is our actual website, and your Super Chats will actually show up on the screen when we have the conversations with all of the amazing people here in this particular room. So definitely check out MySuperChat.com, LukeUncensored, or LukeUnfiltered.com, doesn't matter. Click on the links down below and join and participate in this broadcast that is going to be going live from 7 p.m. Eastern all the way to 9 p.m. Eastern with some very interesting human beings. One of them is the senior Breitbart tech reporter, Alam. Alam, for the people who don't know you, who are you? I'm Alam Bakari. I've been covering tech censorship pretty much since it began at Breitbart News. Uh, I also wrote a book uh, published in 2020 called Deleted, Big Tech's Battle to Erase the Trump Movement and Steal the Election, which, uh, as the title explains, is all about how tech companies influenced the, uh, the 2020 election and how they plan to influence... Uh, all future elections going forward. So uh, check it out. You can get it at, uh, at Amazon um, and all other major booksellers. And uh, to stay up to date on tech censorship, just check out my byline at Breitbart News. Definitely uh, send me that link and then we'll promote it to everyone in the chat room. But I like to say that uh, we were censored before it was cool to be censored. And then, of course, we also have Clint Russell of the Liberty Lockdown podcast, who, uh, not surprisingly, was, was also censored. And that's surprisingly also... <laughs> Re received a little strike on his channel there, which, uh, you know, we've just been uh, warning him about. We'll, we'll explain in a little bit. Clint, who are you? Uh, Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown. I got a little strikey poo for my interview with the QAnon Shaman. And uh, oops, 
but you know, I'm happy to be here. I'm also the co-host of Tower Gang as well as this fine show, thebestpoliticalshow.com. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscription button and uh, leave a comment while you're at it. Ian, what's up, brother? Ian Crossland, DMT graphene cat poop enthusiast is also in the house. I'm so glad that you associate graphene and DMT with me, particularly DMT. That's awesome. Where's my camera? Is this right it? there. What's right up, there. everybody? How you doing? Ian Crossland, co-host of TimCast IRL and host of Ian Crossland Live on YouTube, Rumble, X, Twitter, and uh, also on Minds and Facebook. Nice. It's great. I quadcast. I quintcast. <laughs> Quintcast. There's five of them. That sounds very adult, but we'll get into that in a little bit. As of course, uh, Ian left. He's no longer coming back on Timcast IRL. He said he's only going to be <laughs> on thebestpoliticalshow.com, and we are happy to have him. As of course, he calls uh, Tim's residence the Blair Witch Project, uh, <laughs> and, an liar. utter crap hole. And he's done with that place. He's like, I don't like it. I want to be here in Miami with all the cool people. Like uh, Clinton myself, if we so weren't Ian, on TV, thank you. Yeah, I would have interrupted you. Oh, you're welcome. But thanks for. <laughs> but thanks, but thanks. you're also still lying. So uh, ne- never. Also joining us is uh, Stephanie. Stephanie, how are you? I'm doing great. Oh, geez, here, Stephanie. <laughs> Share the mic. I'm doing great. Um, thank you. Where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Steph. We are changed. All right, let's just get right into the news stories, as, of course, we have this one from the Daily Mail, specifically describing how, quote, America's healthiest state, Colorado, is set to ban fat phobia to, quote, stop discrimination by employers and housing providers against overweight people as obesity rates across the U.S. soar. And it's not just Colorado implementing these laws. It's also New York City that just passed a law banning discrimination based on height and weight, which has actually gone into effect, which is absolutely insane. It it, it clearly violates the First Amendment. It clearly violates the Constitution, clearly violates the Bill of Rights, and us as Americans being able to actually be honest with each other, as, of course, I think we do need to call people out for being unhealthy. There's been a big movement to try to normalize obesity. That movement is normalizing a lot of diabetes. That movement is normalizing a lot of premature deaths and heart disease that I think should be called out and, in my opinion, controversial take care, should be discriminated against. As, of course, individuals should be treated you know, with love, with care and consideration, but at a certain time and moment, you do need some tough love. You do need someone to say, hey, um, this is really bad for you. And by you not taking care of yourself, you're actually also hurting the people around you. That's my perspective. Some people say I'm too harsh. What do you guys think? You know, I, I understand the philosophical moral objection to extreme eugenics. I don't agree with all of it. Obviously, you can, you can. Uh, there are plenty of examples of how eugenics can go too far. But... It seems to me basic common sense that you shouldn't ingrain dysgenics, the opposite of eugenics, the opposite of encouraging fitness, into law. That seems like a totally bizarre thing for a society to do. It doesn't help anyone in society. It doesn't create a, uh, a healthy, strong nation, and it's bad for individuals. Why would, why would any country do it? I have a pretty basic constitutional response to this, is that I have a right to associate or disassociate with who I, who I prefer. Um, and I find it really appalling that, you know, even though like the Civil Rights Act, for instance, it was done uh, for the best of intentions in my estimation. But the reality is that because of that precedent, it now, uh, you know, it forces us to do business with people that we may not want to. If I'm a landlord and I find that uh, a tenant would be too, uh, you know, 
damaging to my property, I should have the right to to tell them not today. You you have to find another option uh, for any reason. It's my property. I, I I bought a half a million dollar house, and you're going to now dictate who I get to rent it to. Uh, I think it's an absurdity, and I think that it's ultimately un-American, and it's against uh, many, a multitude of constitutional rights. Mm. And I think that gets to the legal point as well um, that Luke was making about it being unconstitutional. Um, you know, being fat is not a protected class under the Civil Rights Act, and, you know... Well, it's coming. Uh, you know, there are many, <laughs> many, like, you know, bad, bad consequences of the civil rights regime. That's a huge driver of censorship. That's a huge driver of the woke culture, the culture of fear and self-censorship that we see in so many institutions and companies. But, uh, yeah, being fat is not a protected civil rights class, so I don't see how this survives uh, survives the courts. Yeah, you heard that, Clint. <laughs> Damn right. Okay? <laughs> that, that's bullying. <laughs> protect me. Protect are, me, government. Are, are you going to get the state involved now and get New York City to come here and be like, hey... But but these laws are, are, are just ridiculous because if someone wants to be a mean person or even a, a rude person, whatever, whatever you might describe it, they have a right to do that. And in New York City, people are getting arrested for a lot of the, the hate speech clauses. A lot of it is, is just uh, a lot of the times, let's just be real here, uh, based on someone deciding that they're personally hurt by someone's choice words. And again... Words only have power if you give them power. Now, I understand harassment is a different thing than just being rude or, or insulting somebody, but I, I think the court of public opinion hasn't handled here because if someone's rude, if someone's really a, a bad person, they usually get called out on social media. People don't usually want to work with them. People don't want to associate with them. And I, I think we have a right to, to be those people. Getting the law involved here is only going to, of course, make people want to do this even more. It's like the, the hot stove. It's like, hey, don't touch this. Now I want to touch this. Now I want to talk about the fats. Now I specifically <laughs> want to talk about diabetes. I want to talk about cancer. I want to talk about uh, heart disease. I want to talk about all that. And I want to um, home it in because we soon might be living in a reality where we can't discuss any of these things honestly, and we have to be careful of the freaking social justice warrior police that will be worrying what you're saying as of course crime skyrockets and burglaries and thefts and murders go up dramatically in cities but don't worry the city's uh on you on like white on rice if you dare say something mean which is ridiculous it's it's stupid in my opinion and, and, and there are always two sides to this you know this this um focus on protecting people's feelings and protecting people from mean words because Obviously, you can be as mean as you want and abusive as you want towards conservatives. If you're someone like Chris Rufer, there are thousands of people there who'll just hurl abuse at you on social media. Or just any um, kind of uh, average white guy. Yeah. You're an average white guy. You can get verbally abused all, all you want. Of course. But if you're a protected class person, mm-mm. Oh, no. Hating, hating straight white males is uh, as close to an official ideology of American institutions as there is. It's trendy. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's in every commercial. It's in every TV show. It's in every movie. You, you can't not see it as of course it's just becoming very evident there's there's major memes about this too especially when it comes to uh the, the particular acting roles and the particular demographics and and actors that are placed in certain positions and and it's just uh, overbearing in, in my opinion because these are the same people who are like we should prioritize emotions over facts and that's essentially what i think is happening here and once we go down this path, you give the government ample room to just absolutely obliterate any kind of civil rights that you have as an American. Well, let me let me add to that. It was the ADA. I think it was in the 1980s, but I could be wrong. Uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act that required all businesses of certain size to implement, you know, elevators for wheelchair accessibility. Uh, what it ultimately did is it it 
it just opened this door for tremendous amounts of litigation that was total nonsense. People that never intended to get the job, they would just go to a business that was a small startup or just didn't have enough, uh, you know, revenue to make the improvements to the building to to be uh, accessible to these people. And then they would they would turn around and they would sue them, even though they had no intention of getting the job. And you would have a, a litany of, you know, dozens of lawsuits from one individual who's just going around these businesses, but they would settle out of court, they would get 10 or 15 grand. And that's that can be enough to you know, shut down a small business. And and I think that, that this is once again opening that door where now if someone, like, for instance, if a, if an overweight person goes in and they want to be a, a, a waiter, or, wa- or I guess there wouldn't be a waiter, a waitress at Hooters, for instance, and they say, well, you don't exactly meet the body type that we're looking for. That's not what our clientele comes in for. Well, th- that's now illegal in, Co- in Colorado, theoretically. Um, and I just think that this is just another infringement into private property rights that we should push back against, regardless of how you feel about acceptance of, you know, overweight people. Clint is a big supporter of Hooters, and he is pissed off just at I this very this fact. Really he personally. Per- yeah, you should. You, you absolutely should, as, of course, uh, Hooters is not really Hooters anymore. <laughs> That's right. And they've taken away this cultural icon away from us. Dudes, know? dudes in, you know, midriffs. Like Ch- I- dude <laughs> cheerleaders. Oh, wait. They already got those. Uh, yeah. but First uh, they came for Lola Bunny. and then <laughs> It started with Lola Bunny. You're right. You're absolutely freaking right. I, I, had a, I had a depiction of Lola Bunny that one of the viewers actually sent me that I put on my wall. Seamus Coughlin freaked out about it. He, he, his eyes were like, this is too impure. No, I'm not even joking. I'm not even, I'm not even joking. Uh, legit. But um, <laughs> if, if Seamus Coughlin had his way, we would be having more of these laws, which, again, in my opinion, are absolutely ridiculous and allow the government to trample on your basic civil liberties. Because who decides what is offensive? Who decides whose emotions are hurt here? And, of course, they will use and abuse this power for their own personal benefit, as in New York City. There's already laws on the books that protect individuals from housing, job, and any kind of public discrimination with age, gender, race, religion, sexual orientation, and haircuts. Yes, you heard that. Haircuts. You can't discriminate someone based on their hair, now their height, and now their weight. As New York State also announced that they're going to be policing hate speech and launching a major kind of investigative board to go after New York citizens that dare to, of course, express opinions that go against any of this kind of larger woke ESG ideology where you can only criticize people if they're white guys. Everyone else, you better be careful, which is, again, just shows you the double standards here, which are kind of disgusting in my opinion, and just shows you how far a state will go to try to indoctrinate you into their kind of woke causes and ideologies. As Of course, the, the legal ramifications here are going to be huge. In New York City, they're, they're already levying fines close to a quarter million dollars based off someone discriminating someone based on their hair type, right? Yes. That's literally happening right now. Government tax resources in New York City, one of the most taxed jurisdictions in the world, are literally investing money in a private Stasi spy group that makes sure individuals can't dare express opinions that might be too spicy or might offend a certain group of people. What kind of world are we living in? An absolutely absurd clown world, in my opinion. I don't see this getting any better. Um, I, I, I do see a lot of socialistic kind of democratic states just kind of getting crazier from here. As in Europe, we already have a lot of these laws. Um, Alum, you're from uh, the, the, the United Kingdom. I've seen people in your country arrested for offending the queen and offending the royalty. That 
is where we are going, but in America, the royalty is um, BlackRock, State Streets, Goldman Sachs, and all these other private globalist banksters and corporations that don't give a damn about you. Do you think I'm being hyperbolic here, or do you think there's some merit in that? I don't think so. I think blue states especially are taking things to a massive extreme. And I know it, it can sometimes get even worse than, uh, than in Europe and in European countries. Because in European countries, all of the hate speech laws, they come from the government, and that comes from a very lengthy democratic process. It's still bad, don't get me wrong. But in the U.S., like, a corporation can just decide to, like, implement the, the, uh, the furthest extreme of wokeness, the furthest extreme of clamping down on dissident speech, because that's where it comes from. It, uh, it, it often doesn't come from the—well, in, in the case of New York, it does come from the government— but uh, often it's woke corporations pushing this, and there's no there's no legal restraint on uh, on what they can Talking do. Talking about discrimination, corporate discrimination. This uh, Trans Pacific Partnership they're trying to pass in the early the 2012. I think uh, Trump came in and shut it down basically, or turned it off. And it was had this thing in it called the Investor State Dispute Settlement Clause, where a corporation like a, um, an oil company, a Malaysian oil company, could sue the American people for discriminating against them, i.e. not buying their oil. Because when you discriminate, you're essentially making a choice. That's what the word means. So that dog's barking. It looks angry. I'm going to make a discriminatory suggestion to not walk towards it. Yes, I am discriminating that that dog seems dangerous. If I don't want to buy your oil, I'm making, I'm I'm discriminating. Uh, And there was an opportunity for these corporations to be able to sue us as taxpayers and get the money out of our, out of our government. It was insane. So I, I don't know. At some point, you got to be realistic. You got to like use common sense. Like if someone's very overweight, really big, and they're taking up two seats on an airplane, they should be paying for those seats. I don't care if it's because if it's fat or it's because they chose to stick a bunch of pillows in their in their shirt and they're taking up two seats. If you take up two seats, you take up two seats. They're, the discrimin it's like that. I think that also that's why the economy is one of the best discriminators because people. People won't buy it. I mean, unless you got force of law forcing people to. to I'm just glad they shut down the Trans Pacific Partnership. I, well, Elon Musk actually made this point about his acquisition of Twitter, and, and uh, as Alan was describing with the red states versus blue states, how this is kind of creating a bifurcated, uh, you know, America uh, in terms of these laws. But what I found fascinating about Elon's take on this was that all of this, the the most woke progressive agenda from Silicon Valley was not just being spread to the entire United States, but the entire globe, because if their parameters are adopted and you have these extraordinarily leftist, hard, hard, I mean, most of them are Marxist or communist, and they're like, they're like, well, whatever our belief system is, that's the new parameters, that's the new Overton window by which all internet dialogue is, is permitted. I mean, what does that do to the culture? You have the most extreme 2% of civilization that is dictating to the, to the other 98% that you, cannot, you can no longer have conversations that are outside of our preference. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. psychotically it, dangerous. It, it's, it's almost as if they want you to be fat. If they want you to be obese. They want you to be lazy and not enough to fight back against the servitude that they're putting you into with these laws and uh, regulations and all these bureaucratic measures that are, of course, there to stifle any kind of legitimate dissent because this will be used and abused because there's so many fat health ministers out there during uh those those past three years in in 2020 it, it was just shown how all these health ministers were full of crap they were lying to all of their people they were obese they were not taking care of their own health as well and and one of the things that i always see 
And, you know, I, I try to get my blood drawn now a lot just to see my levels, just to optimize my health. I see a lot of fat doctors. I shouldn't be seeing a lot of fat doctors, okay? If you're a doctor and you're fat, we need to have a serious conversation there, buddy. And I usually try to interject in those kind of situations, which makes, makes it a little bit awkward. But there's nothing more awkward than being in an airplane. And the airlines are responsible here, too. They're, they're very culpable here, too, because they're making those seats smaller and smaller and smaller. Americans are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and fatter and fatter. There's nothing worse than, than having a middle seat and having just two ginormous, huge, bodacious, lumpy, sweaty, fat human beings with their rolls just all over you. <laughs> if, if you're like in a pudgy Play-Doh frickin' dollhouse just getting engulfed by their essence, their low vibrational life essence, and fat, <laughs> just fat all around you. It's, it's disgusting, and it happens a lot. Who do you blame here, the airlines or the person who is saying, hey, um, I'm fat and I'm beautiful? Well, I guess one of the uh, one of the big problems is you know Europeans walk everywhere, whereas Americans yes. drive everywhere. Americans are a lot fatter than Europeans too. Europeans yeah. are very very uh, very healthy, especially the French. They smoke a lot, drink a lot of wine, walk a lot. Uh, well, the smoking, Amish walk a lot too. Is a great way to lose weight. That's true too. Appetite. Yeah, as soon as I quit smoking, right. I got I got really fat. Yeah. But sorry, go ahead. You were just saying how, um, how the, the, the... But yes, the, the walking, the walking around. Uh, unfortunately, you've got a bit of a problem in America because if you walk around certain neighborhoods in many cities, that's a, that's a bad idea. Lots of people on Twitter say, well, we just need walkable, walkable dense, walkable cities and, uh, and you know, lovely European-style architecture. But, you know, they've never been to New Orleans. Well, has both those things. Yeah, or San Francisco, or New York, or I mean, the list goes on and on. Well, no, San Francisco is nice now because a dictator visited, so we just uh, need more more dictators. But that was, that was, yeah. only, that was only three days, though. That, that wasn't the yeah, whole time. They're already they're already letting the encampments come back, and and I mean, this is I, I don't want any any sort of government programs to try and increase the drive to get people to move to cities. That uh, this is what I was re actually really disappointed with Donald Trump when he was talking about these. Uh, uh, what did he call them? They're like America cities or something, you know, <laughs> the greatest, the biggest, the best cities uh, where his plan, his big plan for his second term in office was to create these, these big walkable cities for additional housing and things like that. And I was like, I was like, that's right in alignment with the world economic forum. Like that's exactly what they're talking about is these 15 minute cities. Um, so I don't want, I don't want any central planning of the economy. I would encourage anybody, no matter how you feel about Trump or any other political leader to get away from this belief that these people are going to do this for your own benefit. It, if there is a market demand for these types of cities, there will be uh, entrepreneurs that that create them. So you don't need to have the government that's instituting this from a top-down centralized fashion. It will ultimately create uh, economic dislocations, and it, that's not good. That's why we're in this position in the first place. Before the show started, I, I thought you really made a good uh, argument, uh, Alum, as, of course, these new height rules are definitely going to be affecting the thinder tots, who, of course, are discriminating against dudes and their height. Mm. As right now, oh, I, I have I have pulled up a meme of Jabba the Hunt asking <laughs> a dude, how tall are you? As Tinder, just even a couple days ago, implemented new height verification systems where they use your federal identification systems in order to make sure that you are the height that you claim to be on your Tinder profile. I could now see so many short dudes, all the manlets out there, all the people who love Napoleon coming out and being like, this is our chance, boys. We're going to sue the crap out of all these Tinder tots. What do you think? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so height verif- height uh, height discrimination is also a part of these laws now, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just weird. Like if your if your ceiling is is too low, you you get sued. It's uh, yeah. What about like? What about if Yao Ming comes through? You're like, oh, I only have an eight-foot ceiling. I want this implemented in the NBA right now, okay? The NBA is racist, (laughs) discriminatory policies, especially their height phobia and fat phobia. I want to see fats. I want to see fat little Asians running around in the NBA right now, or I'm suing you. If there's any fat Asians, contact us right now. We're going to have a clash action lawsuit against the NBA. I want the New York Knicks right now, half of the team at least, has to be fat Asians, minimum. I, I want I want the Los Angeles Lakers to be legally obligated to hire uh, 40-year-old, six-foot-one, middling athletic uh, people named Clint. And if you don't do that, then you uh, are going to be sued into oblivion. You know, I get there a lot are. of ageist, fattest, and heightest. <laughs> yes. like, almost anger about people went with... It's, oh, when I see obesity, and I think like uh, these people, one, a lot of them have been lied to, or they haven't been told how dangerous a lot of the food supply is, like new sugars that are being experimented on people, food colorings, God knows, with these chemicals that are blocking endocrine function and causing weight gain but like at the same time it i know what it's like i i want to eat cake i want to eat as much as i want whenever i want but i don't i stop myself and i sacrifice that aspect of reality because i need to maintain health and stay healthy so i look around i see people like lazily just giving over to the the demi urge to eat 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 sugar eat eat sweet i don't even want to put that out there but like it's disturbing and it makes me almost it makes me angry and i don't want it to make me angry i want to have compassion for the people yeah but it's like it's like you know, wake up. Plus the same multinational corporations that essentially hijacked the FDA. They're literally putting all these horrible ingredients in our food that is causing obesity, heart disease, and cancer rates to go up dramatically. Not just the seed oils, not just the fake sugars, not just the soy, not just the glyphosate. You look at an entire food industry, it has been poisoned. Me and Steph recently, I, more Steph than me, worked on a crap list, a crap list that is available for members of LukeUnfiltered.com, where you could download a whole list of all the items because they keep changing the name of these items. High fructose corn syrup has been renamed so many different times. Seed oils have been renamed so many different times. We literally created a whole indexing of a lot of these lists. Steph did predominantly working on the crap list that uh, if you're a member of lukeunfiltered.com, download it. And next time you go to the supermarket, just, just look at the ingredients. Just make sure that whatever food you're purchasing and buying um, is not on the crap list. As of course, that list uh, probably needs to be updated a lot. Right, Steph? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it does. I'm sure there's a hundred things that we're missing on there. But if anyone finds something that isn't on the list, please let us know. Well, I mean, it, it is obviously true that our food supply is is tainted, perhaps intentionally so. In many in many events, I think it is. But I would once again encourage people to take personal responsibility for this. Yes, it is harder to stay in shape than it was 30 years ago, with the food supply being much more, you know, farm raised and organic. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact that it's your personal responsibility to know what you're putting in your body and and what you expect out of yourself. And I think that that's been the biggest problem is that culturally we've gotten away from, you know, just being generally responsible for ourselves. If we get into student loans, we expect the government to pay them off. Like this is just a, it's a sickness and it's ultimately bre- well, breaking the us. Well, idea of, gar- of government is, is <clears throat> the most dangerous idea because people think someone else is looking out for them. And right. I think that is the most wrong kind of thinking that you could ever have in your life because none of these bureaucrats give a damn about you. None of these people care about you. They never did. And you, this is why I think even if we had no government, we had total anarchy, 
You might disagree, Adam, but but, but I, I think we would have a way better way of life since people would now get rid of this illusion that there's someone looking out for them because there never was, there never will be. And the more we realize that, the quicker we understand that, the better life would be, in my opinion. I will say uh, the West has the worst kind of authoritarianism. In a way, it's worse than Chinese authoritarianism because, you know, the Chinese will try and micromanage everyone's life, you know. They'll try and micromanage obesity away by regulating what people eat. Their entire social credit system is designed to micromanage things like smoking in public places, loitering, just being antisocial, being low trust. Um, so it's all focused on creating perfect citizens and eliminating bad habits, which, you know, would be very, very annoying for, uh, for you know, for Westerners who are used to having freedom. But Westerners already don't have freedom because... You know, your politi political speech is regulated. Uh, and, you know, that's seen as the antisocial behavior to clamp down on your political opinions. So mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, being uh, being fat and being unhealthy is now encouraged by by at least two states. I think that's so what we have authoritarianism that punishes uh, punishes being, you know, recognizing reality. Right. Is punished, whereas, uh, you know, there's, there's not even any, you know, good public health regulation. Yeah, and incentivizes the worst possible actions a human being could take for themselves because there's a lot of predators out there that literally profit off of people being miserable, off of them being fat, off of them being depressed, off of them not having any family, not having any kind of religion. And I think this is the doctrine of enslavement that I, I would agree with you is just as bad. I would. As, as you would argue, I, I think your point is valid. Way worse than the dictatorship in China, where, of course, they make sure that the streets are clean and that there's no robbery on um, the public sidewalks there, when in the United States they do the opposite of that. I, yeah, neither, neither kind of authoritarianism is ideal. No of kind of authoritarianism is ideal. But um, it's strange that in America it seems to be pointed towards making people more unhealthy and stupid, uh, whether at least in China, they're aiming for clean streets. Yeah, exactly. a lot of it I think is profit because the corn industry and the sh is so prevalent in the United States, like corn sugar. Like I, I would be concerned if the government were to disappear, that we would have private industry get, making and selling the most addictive sugary foods with no with no oversight. I mean, maybe you could you argue mean, does that you, not you, already. You mean, you mean like they're doing now? Well, you could argue that bad government's worse than no government, but I, I would counter that argument and say no government's the worst possible. So if it was only corporations just addicting people to drug foods, let's call let's call sugar a drug for the moment. Some kinds of sugars uh, might harm you like drugs. That 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 it's really up to the individual to learn how to cook, man. It's it's to learn how to find the healthy oils and to make those yourself. Because if you're relying on corporations, whether there's a government oversight or not, unless you've got like a Chinese authoritarian system where they're like, and, and you can guarantee that they're making sure every corporation is not poisoning you. But I mean, that's some technocratic hellhole I don't want to dive into with that kind of... But don't, I mean, don't we already languish under the biggest state in human history and we have skyrocketing obesity rates because, I mean, like what you're describing is, you, you just said that no government would be worse than even this. And I just don't see how that how that pans out because the private companies become the government if there's no social government. You're describing our government now. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, I mean, it's, it's still kind of a hybrid. Yeah, it is sad that things have gotten so fiscal that the government's so obsessed with turning a profit. I, well, it's really the government the government doesn't turn a profit; they lose trillions annually. It's the it's the corporate sector that's in bed with the government that is essentially extracting our wealth simultaneously that the government is going you know underwater. Um, but I think I think it's really it's like it's 
it's vultures fe- feasting on the the corpse of the American empire. It's like they they realize that the fiat game is over, and they're just trying to load up their wheelbarrow before the whole house catches on fire. Yeah, ab- absolutely. We got some super chats I want to get into. One from Joseph that says, we are all fragile. We are all vulnerable. But if we're getting uh, laughed at, breaks you, hold on, let me move this. Man, what are we coming to? Yeah. No wonder True. everyone is lonely and sad. Joseph, uh, great point, great super chat and here. I, I agree with you. I agree in that you don't have a constitutional right to not be offended. That is not in our constitution. You're going to get offended. That's life. Get used to it and learn how to roll with it, man. And you have a constitutional right to offend people with legal speech. That's how it is in the United States. Welcome. That's why it's so great here. Exactly. It, I, I'm really disturbed. I was actually talking about this earlier this morning. Um you know, I'm really disturbed that this is this is a trend that is picking up speed, particularly in the Western democratic nations. Uh, as you already know, the UK already has many of these speech laws. Ireland is now rolling out some of the most psychotic things I've ever read in my life. They were saying that... Uh, we're we're going to get into that okay. in a little bit. We also have the clip as well. But if you want to finish your thought, finish yeah, your thought. No, just, just the trend line is, is so counter to what makes us foundationally better than the rest of the world, <laughs> which is that we have the ability to speak and we have the ability to speak unpopular things that can offend not just your neighbor, because that's not really the point. It's about offending your government. Uh, and that's that's really where this is all coming from. This is not about protecting minority classes. It's not about protecting any sort of community. It's about protecting the people that are in power. They don't want you to be able to speak out. That's the whole game. They don't care about you. That's that's really where this is headed. And you have to be a child not to see it. We got, a, we, we got another super chat here by I'm not your buddy guy. Great username. Great guy. Uh, thank you so much for participating in all the super chat saying... Quote, uh, saying Trump gaffed when he said Obama is president. I mean, come on, Luke. Do you really think Biden is running the show? Trump is just saying who is. I'm not your buddy guy. Uh, good point. You're talking about the video that I released earlier today where I was highlighting some of the gaffes. And yeah, essentially, this is not just the Obama's third term. This is the CIA's 56th term. <laughs> uh, the the Central Intelligence Agencies, the FBI, the Deep State's uh, 60th term. So, um, you know, th- there's many ways we can spin this but overall i do agree with your point now i want to play a video that has heavily irked me today and uh, there has been nothing more offensive said than what this green party senator from ireland said that i find extremely offensive very dangerous and no i wouldn't institute any law to stop her idiocracy but here she is anyway providing to us why um women in power are so great when you think about it all law all legislation is about the restriction of freedom that's exactly what we're doing here is we are restricting freedom but we're doing it for the common good you will see throughout our constitution yes you have rights but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. I will be having nightmares about this lady and what she said tonight in absolute horror as 
You look at recorded human history, this is always the justification. This is always just them doing the moral thing. We have to do this in the name of righteousness, and they end up doing some of the most evil, sinister, messed up things that you can't even fathom. She's also wrong, because some laws are created to prevent the government from restricting your freedom. That's what our Bill of Rights is. So there's a 10 yeah. laws right there that prove her wrong. Absolutely. 100%. Well, I agree with that. I'll, I'll go a different angle with this. I actually appreciated the honesty. This is this is what government is. It is a it is a consistent infringement, a restriction on your liberty. And this is why I'm ultimately an anarcho-capitalist and a libertarian is that I want as minimal as humanly possible. She's just one of the only politicians on earth that's telling you the truth. That's exactly how they view it. Yes, we're going to we're going to restrict your rights and it's for the greater good. Deal with it. Now, what the greater good actually amounts to is not the greater good, but rather their benefit. So that's the only thing that she was deceptive about. But otherwise, she was telling the truth. Yeah, it is always nice when the uh, when the mask slips. Mm -hmm. uh, so many of the, these people will uh, people with similar viewpoints will phrase their arguments. They'll shroud them in terms like, "Oh, we have to protect our democracy. We have to deal with misinformation." Uh, whereas, you know, this lady is being refreshingly honest. She's saying, <laughs> yes, we want to restrict your freedom. That's our entire goal. <laughs> but it's for you. It's for your own good. So don't worry about it. Yeah, the, the own good is is the thing that I personally uh, am kind of distressed about because it's not for your own good. No. Anytime a government used any kind of emergency to take away your liberties, they have abused their power. And now if you continue this trajectory, the government is just going to be creating more emergencies just so they have more of an excuse to to trample more, more of your rights. They have been doing that throughout recorded human history, and it is one of the biggest dangers. Democide is something that a lot of people don't know about, but should know about specifically when it comes to the larger dangers of modern-day society that at any moment, at any time, especially with all these technological advancements, could go total freedom or total slavery. And I, I think it's fair to say we're on the total slavery trajectory as some people are even going as far as to argue that the current situation in Ireland that led to this also was a creation of big government as Elon Musk now is warning that the laws that they're trying to push through in Ireland could you ha could have you arrested for just having a meme on your phone and looking at the legislation that's pretty much what they're trying to pass yeah. and uh, I would get multiple life sentences if that was true and if I lived in Ireland. <laughs> what is it? What are they trying to pass in Ireland right that, now? That I mean what he just described is that if it's anything that that has the they they say if it has the potential to incite hate or if it's negligent in your if you don't if like if you don't intend to incite hate, hate but you're negligent in protecting against that. So basically it's a black box. They're saying we can lock you up for anything that goes against Whatever their preferred yeah. narrative so is. So this is yeah. this is the actual text of a bill in Ireland that they're trying to push through. At and wokeness was actually tweeting this particular bill and this particular kind of larger uh, explanation of how you could go to jail just for saving memes on your phone. And this is something that Elon Musk responded to. Elon Musk brought a lot of attention to, as, of course, the situation in, in Ireland uh, is, is a little bit tumultuous. Some people would say, when hasn't it been tumultuous? 
Now it's uh, pretty tumultuous, too, with a lot of pressures, especially when it comes to new replacement populations that are coming in to that country, making housing more unaffordable and labor cheaper, a part of what I think is a Koch brothers plan that is being realized all under the name of woke social justice warrior policies of open immigration. And in reality, this is policies that have screwed over the, uh, the Irish people and has led to a very horrible situation where some Irish children were particularly selected and attacked. Alum, uh, we were talking about this before. For the people who are not paying attention, how would you describe what's really kind of happening in Ireland? Uh, well... Regular Irish citizens are objecting to mass immigration, as many other populations in the West have done. Um, there was a uh, there was a stabbing. Uh, a undocumented immigrant, I believe, who's undocumented anyway, attacked people outside a school, and in response, there were demonstrations and protests and rioting from uh, from regular Irish citizens. And instead of responding to the concerns of citizens, uh, you know, the concerns about mass immigration and about the crime that comes with it, the Irish government instead promised a clampdown on hate speech and incitement. And uh, this law that apparently criminalizes having the wrong sort of content on your phone, the wrong downloading, the wrong meme from 4chan or whatever, is uh, is part of that. But I will say it's, it's a very interesting situation because Ireland, uh, Ireland is a very interesting historical case. They spent um, over 100 years trying to throw off, uh, you know, the rule of the English, which they thought was tyrannical, but now, uh, now they're dealing with an entirely different sort of tyranny. So I'll certainly be interested to see how, you know, the regular Irish people respond they uh, they certainly don't have a history of you know just backing down and just giving up even in the face of a vastly stronger and more powerful firm yeah the irish people love their potatoes and they love to fight too let's just be a, a little <laughs> bit um general here if, <laughs> if, 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 if you give me the luxury to do so and you know ireland especially northern ireland i i mean i i've spent some time there even with uh, tim doing some on the ground reporting there um, especially when they were doing the huge effigy burnings of the Pope there with huge five-story structures that they light on fire every summer there. There's still a lot of tensions there between the Protestants and the Catholics, and now you add a third group into the mix that, again, is making life more difficult for the average poor person, and you yourself have a situation that uh, is not going to be, uh, I think, going away anytime soon, mm. but only becoming more and more inflamed as the government there is spending their resources investigating Conor McGregor from some uh, spicy messages that he sent on social media in regards to this stabbing situation that unfolded in Ireland. We got a super chat by Scrotes McGoats who said, quote, the entire Irish government should be deposed immediately. Scrooge McGoats, that's a good point that I think a lot of people would agree with. What about you guys? I'll bring it domestic. I mean, th this is the exact same phenomenon that's happening in America. You have people that are, are you know, contesting the legitimacy of our elections, our immigration policy, and instead of actually dealing with the legitimate grievances of the American people, the people that actually pay taxes in this country, the people that actually, you know, put money on the table for the government to rule over us, they ignore their legitimate criticisms. And instead, they label them as domestic extremists. They they start to categorize it as hate speech to speak out against immigration. Uh, it's the exact same tale, just a little bit advanced in the Ireland case. Uh, 
but we're, we're on that track too. So I, I just wanted to kind of bring it back to why this matters to a, an American audience. I think people aren't, aren't taking this seriously enough, but if you've seen the videos where they, there's these, uh, migrant, uh, caravans that are coming up and they actually, they're, they're being given, uh, navigation, GPS like coordinates. G- GPS coordinates to to make you know to to traverse that uh, that border crossing. And it's like there's there's money and resources going into this, and I think that that at some point, if we had any semblance of a legitimate uh, you know investigative journalist class, you would hope that there would be someone that's actually digging into this to get to the bottom of it. But instead, we'll just ignore uh, you know everybody else that's concerned about unmitigated immigration and we'll start to call them, you know, bigots and terrorists. I, I saw Ivory Hecker went down to document it. Speaking of legitimate journalists, there's a handful. There, yeah. She was at the border and they went up, there was a big group of what looked like migrants coming across the border and she and someone else went up and then the, the, the officers there, I don't know who they were, but they were like, you can't be here. You can't be here. They're like, well, we're American citizens. Are they, because they're here. Can we come interview? And they were like, you got to go. You can't be here. You can't. They're like, yeah, well, this is our country. Who are those people? Well, we're they journalists. Gave them, they gave them traffic offense tickets that they had to show up to court to In America. Uh, because they were there reporting on the migrant crisis on the border where the 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 um, soldiers there were literally helping people get into the country through the barbed wire. So there was a couple uh, court uh, hearings about this, specifically outlining how, hey, you guys can't be helping these guys into the country. She came out, shouts out to Ivory Heckler. Her video clip went viral all over social media. I don't think a lot of people are credited her accredited her for for doing this reporting. So again, shouts out Ivory Heckler. She does great work. She used to be a kind of normie NPC corporate media journalist on, on a local Fox News station. Then she spoke out against some of the bullcrap that was happening there, and now she's doing independent journalism. Uh, she's going. She's she's definitely invited on the show. She's going to probably come on the show as well. She's Great. awesome. For but the she, record. Yeah, but, she, but she was there. Hecker. She recorded. Hecker, not Heckler. That's a funny name if you were Heckler. Sorry to interrupt. I, I think it would be cooler if it's Heckler, but that's just my perspective. <laughs> it but but they, they, they again showed your tax dollars at work with U.S. authority figures literally just like, yeah, just come on in. Yeah, yeah. America's so, open. Just big, c- walk in. This is the problem with immigration. Yo, if they're really fleeing like genocide in their country, the United States is here for you. That is kind of my my look at like uh, we can try that path. But if it's just people like, hey, we're bankrupt, we gotta flee. No, 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 no. I I actually go the opposite direction. I, I think that it, any any valid immigration policy ought to be to the benefit of the American people. We're the ones that are here. We're the ones that are actually being robbed blind to support this government. I think that the policies for immigration ought to go in alignment with what they can actually contribute to our economic system. And if they are, you know, skilled in IT or whatever, like there's tons of industries that we need labor in. I'm not really interested in being this this like dumping ground for everyone who's dealing with a tyrannical government all over the world, in, in which case, okay, well, let's welcome in the Gazans next. Like we have to bring in a couple million of them too. Like this, it's... It, it it feels nice, and it certainly sounds good, but I think if you actually were to just live out that policy, over time you would be you would have no America. I left. want to be able to handle refugees because there are times that we people need to be able to find refuge in, in safe spaces. I, but agreed. I so we're like, going to put them in Ian's house. Ian, yeah, how think, many refugees are you taking inside of your house think, right just now? Just my cat. Just my cat. Uh, but I, if if people, it, I think the, the system has become so deranged with all these people mass migrating in that people don't have a tolerance for exactly. protecting people that are legitimately fleeing mass genocide. Well, the the other problem well, so is it's a real problem for legal immigration as well. Because, yes, big time. You know, people who are trying to legally immigrate or get a visa, you know, they have to deal with a lot of suspicion because so much, pe- so many people are trying to defraud the system. 
Um, I think the other interesting angle on the Im immigration debate is how it's a mechanism for political control, um, you know, bringing in large numbers of new voters who are then uh, obligated to feel obligated to vote for the uh, the party that supports those mass immigration policies. That's another issue. In fact, you know, uh, you know, members of the the New Labour Party under Tony Blair even admitted to this that this was part of Labour's political strategy. That it's sort of like left wing mainstream party in the uh, in the UK. But they admitted to this that you know this is going to help them politically. That's why they're supporting mass immigration. Well, the, the other problem is that they're like obviously this is a nation filled with immigrants. My family came over in the 1900s from Germany. Um, you know, most of us aren't born from, you know, our, our entire lineage isn't from here. So uh, I'm not opposed to immigration, but the, the difference about where we are now versus where we used to be is that immigrants would usually acclimate into kind of this American ethos, maybe not in the first generation, but certainly by the second or third. It seems now that there is no American ethos that binds us. There is no there is no faith in, in you know, property rights and self-defense and kind of these like constitutional framework that that really bound this disparate group of people. Now we're basically brought together on, you know, grievance politics and a bunch of things that like are really anathema to the American foundation. So I think that there is nothing that can actually, there is nothing to acclimate to. Like if you acclimate into like uh, American academia, uh, you're basically going to be some sort of, you know, critical theory nutcase. So it's like, I don't, I don't know what the migrants are going to actually adapt to yeah it used to be mass media you had like tv that was indoctrinating the world for the first last 200 100 100 years you know radio and tv and so people would come across the border and they'd get indoctrinated into our system but now with like facebook groups and things like that people of disparate factions can can like rise up overnight and create like mass movements and organize movements and it's like it can be very very chaotic that's just like a um an aspect of the system as a whole right now. Yeah. And even even yeah. though I come down more on the side of the Palestinians uh, in terms of the the last month of conflict, I still I, it it gives me tremendous pause to see the amount of people that are in the streets on the behalf of the Palestinians. Uh, I mean, it's so enormous. And I'm not. This is not just an American phenomenon. This is globally. Like there's hundreds of thousands of people that have been in the streets over the past month on the behalf of a relatively small population on earth. It's bizarre and it, it doesn't seem organic. Uh, it's just deeply concerning to me, to be honest. Especially mm. all the fighting aged men that are being right. introduced into our society. There's there's not a lot of uh, refugees there. There's not a lot of women and children fleeing war. Um, no, there's economic migrants coming in and taking advantage of social programs. And then mayors who kind of speak out against it after welcoming it are now being investigated by the FBI and having their cell phones confiscated and being charged with some very naughty accusations from 1993. So, yeah, that's also happening. We got two this, rumble rants. This, Sorry. Is, a, this yeah. is a just a final point. This is another area, perhaps the biggest area, where the civil rights religion really gets in the way of any semblance of a sane policy because you're not allowed to say that, you know, someone from uh, Australia or someone from Germany or Poland is obviously going to integrate better into American society than someone from Gaza and is also much less likely to, you know, carry out a terrorist attack. You've got but, language. Uh, you, yeah, you can't say that, and you certainly can't build policy around it, even though that's obviously the same way to do that. Because things. you've got religion. You've got – there are different things that make a, a people is like your religion, your, your, um, your language, and your economic structure. So as long as you use 
the dollar and you speak English and you're, I don't want to say you're a Christian because we're kind of a melting pot, but it tends to be, we're from, we've stemmed from Judeo-Christian. As long as you've got those three things in common, it's relatively easy. It's very easy to become an American. Well, I think what's really ridiculous is like the vast majority of other nations on earth have some sort of requirement for citizenship, but most of them have sculpted it for you know, investment or financial capacity. Like you have to, you have to actually demonstrate that you won't be a burden on the system, but to even propose that as being, uh, you know, a contingency upon immigration submission in America, it's like, Oh, you're racist. Well, that's how it works with legitimate immigration. Like if you, you, you need to get like, um, sponsored by a company to show like, yo, I want to get my visa. That's like what, what are you going to contribute? Yeah. But uh, apparently, you know, it's a different story if, if young families are just coming across a, an open border. Yeah. As long as you just don't listen to the legal authorities and just come across, well, you're pretty much good to go. And it's like, it's so, it's so backwards and, and it really benefits people that, that are already violating the laws they enter. And then you know what what imperative do they have to actually acclimate to actually do the hard work to lift themselves up when you have all of this social safety net that sits there for them like i would i would be much more uh you know open to uh, more liberal immigration policies if we didn't have this catastrophic social safety net and if we didn't have 33 trillion almost 34 trillion in national debt but we're really playing with fire economically for the american people and seeing as i live here no matter how much i care about immigrant communities i care about my people more that's I, just human nature and it's it's a lie to to say otherwise it I, really is I'm not, especially how screwed over that american people have been within the last few years of just the government absolutely stealing their money abusing them and then uh, essentially acting like uh, the reverse robin hood and, <laughs> and, right. and and giving all the money to the super rich people i want to just read off a couple rumble rants uh before we move on to rumble we got one from crash bandit that said josh from the epoch times covered what is going on at the u.s border Two plus years ago, the UN and NGOs moving these people around the world, funded by the government, Crash Bandit. Yes, that has been happening. I've been covering that all the way from uh, Europe uh, in Italy many, many years ago. I was on the border in, in Canada where I saw people just walk in just like they are here from the United States, uh, especially after Trump got elected. I was on the Mexican border showing you the huge migrant crisis there that was affecting people in Tijuana, Mexico. So, uh, yeah, uh, thank you for I, that. I think he's talking about Joshua Phillips. Joshua Phillip, Epic Times, great, great journalist. Yes. Uh, right Now Reports has another rumble rat saying, have you ever looked into the Fabian Society and their staged stated goals? They were behind the Fed, IMF, and World Bank. Members are H.G. Wells, John Keynes, Keynesian Economics, and Tony Blair. Have you guys ever heard of the Fabian Society? I've heard of it. I'm not familiar with it, though. What about you, Alan? Oh yeah, the Fabian Society. They uh, they're a deep part of the British left wing establishment. Um, they were started in, I believe, the 1920s. I could be wrong about the exact date, but around that time, and their entire philosophy was, you know, what they called the Fabian strategy, which is a very uh, basically the long march through the institutions, a very slow way of uh, developing influence over time before. Uh, trying to implement any radical policies. And, yeah. and, and it's kind of fair to say that they've been kind of successful at that, uh, slowly and surely implementing a lot of their policies in very covert ways where people don't really realize how just extensively they've been able to influence powerful institutions they in found this country. They founded the London School of Economics in 1895. It says that they were one of the founding organizations of the Labor Representation Committee in 1900. 
That's a long time. We got another Rumble rant by John Doey saying, Hi there, it's me again. I just wanted to know if you're interested in your extended free speech warranty. Yes, uh, we should probably get free speech insurance. That, that actually exists. We should probably look into getting that, especially with what we are going to be saying on Rumble.com <laughs> in just a few minutes from now. We got another super chat from Joseph. On YouTube, Joseph specifically coming out and saying people have the wrong context. Whatever you perceived political issues at scale, 8 billion people, it takes generations. We are all stuck in this. Joseph, thank you for your super chats. Thanks for, for all the super chats of everyone participating in this. And uh, if you guys know any good uh, you know, uh, free speech insurance companies, let us know, because we're going to need it, especially with the things we're going to get into on Rumble.com. If you haven't gone to Rumble.com and you are just on YouTube, what are you doing? Why are you just on the alphabet globalist corporatist Hillary Clinton ESG score aligned <laughs> platform? Why are you not on Rumble.com forward slash we are change? We are change on rumble.com, um, and then you'll be able to find us. We will put you, put the link right in there, too. We got another super chat by John Medsky, who says, Beanie said, it's almost 8 p.m. You need to leave YouTube. <laughs> um, Beanie Man didn't say anything to us, okay? Just because we stole Ian and have him here forever with us now Fake news. doesn't mean the Beanie Man gets to tell us what to do here, as, of course, we are now. <laughs> Officially moving the conversation away from this horrible technocratic draconian platform, <laughs> and we're headed towards the free bastion of speech where we could still say what we want that's on our minds. We don't have to play this bull. We don't have to play these stupid games. We don't have to allude to things. We don't have to type walk in this digital gulag. We could just go off. We will on rumble.com forward slash we are change rumble.com forward slash we are change before we head over just really quickly alan where can people find you uh yeah you can find my articles at uh, breitbart.com you can find me on twitter at alan bakare um and if you search for deleted big text battle to erase the trump movement you can find my book Subscribe to me on Twitter at Liberty Lock Pod and Liberty Lockdowns the show. You can find that on YouTube or Rumble, and I would appreciate a subscription. We yeah. got a, we, we got some other super chats. One by Fish Rants, who said Steph is a dead ringer for Linda Cardellini. Hundred dollars next cast as as Velma. I'm not offended. Okay, she's uh, a smoke show, dude. That's a good uh, one. Marshall said we deadlift to hashtag deleted today. Uh, thank you, Marshall. Do your deadlifts if you haven't done them, especially if you don't have any back problems. Sorry, Ian, where can people find you? You can follow me at Ian Crossland on the internet. Uh, I interviewed Alex Stein today. It was absolutely fascinating. So it's on YouTube, Rumble, Minds, Facebook, uh, X, every every platform, essentially. And you can catch me most nights, Monday through Friday, uh, Tincast IRL on YouTube, which is coming up, I hear. They, they, I don't know about that. They were talking about cat, <laughs> they, they were talking about cat poop. Yeah, toxoplasmosis, it's no joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian, Take care of yourself. Ian, in, if in you love cats, look at a toxoplasmosis because you might have it. Ian likes cat poop. This I, is breaking news from Joe Rogan 2015. I do, and I don't know why. <laughs> toxoplasmosis. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the Steph. real deal, man. You can find me on Instagram at StephWeAreChange. All right. Get your lazy butts over to Rumble. 
where I want to say other things. I can't say it now because we are still on YouTube. Thank you all for your super chats. We are going to be taking callers from members of LukeUnfiltered.com in 30 minutes on Rumble.com forward slash we are change. As now we are officially moving away from YouTube and headed towards Rumble. Again, Rumble.com forward slash we are change. See you over there. I love you guys. Stay tuned for more. There's a little 20-second delay here that we have to be careful of. I like hold, that hold that Ian, Holding Ian. the racial slurs just for okay. Hold seconds. on, hold on. We're not, we're, not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Should I put my shirt back it's on? 20, yes, yes, <laughs> oh, Ian. Hide, your, hide, hide the... Keep the pants off, though. Yeah. Hide the, the pointy nipples that, that you have here as uh, we are going to be starting uh, in a very spicy way yeah. with... Um, Clint's favorite alcoholic beverage company. Oh, hell yeah. Absolute Vodka. Here we go. You could feel the energy, the DJs, the parties, laughing, dancing. Then I turned around and saw Dave. Only it wasn't the Dave I remembered. <laughs> he told me his name was Darla now. I tried to make an excuse to get away. Then she grabbed my hand. The next thing I know, we're running to see this DJ. Darla knew somebody and suddenly we're backstage drinking Absolute Sea Breezes. We went to this party and we watched the parade. We took a million pictures in this photo booth. We walked and she told me she always felt this way. I just listened and somehow I understood. Darla knew everybody. She was amazing. Later, the two of us took a walk and we watched the sun come up. She talked about her journey. She was my friend, the same person, the same heart. She hadn't changed. I had. Thanks for bringing me back, Darla. That was my absolute... Absolute vodka makes uh, you gay. Who, who would have thought? Dude, and also, he's like, I tried to get away, but she grabbed me and wouldn't let me go. That's the that's best a, part. Th and that's, then Rick, that's a man strength there, what okay? The that's some fucking serious no, no, shit right my, there. My favorite part is he's like, I tried to get away, but I couldn't. And then, it, then he's like, uh... And then, then all of a sudden we're taking absolute shots. All of a sudden I'm blowing this Deborah. I mean, I mean Dave. I mean Deborah. And it's not gay though because like she brought me back. It's such a fucking shame-filled advertisement. It's like dem like she didn't change. I changed. Thank you, Darla. That's how it ends. It's so it's so shameful. It's ESG and it's dying vestiges, as far as I can tell. I hope. Uh, well, they, they, keep, they, 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 right. keep, they keep saying alcohol is a social lubricant. Yeah. I guess Dude, it's more of a so lubricant effective. now than, <laughs> than uh, what a lot of other people expected it to be a lubricant for. As, uh, you know, two, two poles there. Um, I think that ad, that ad is intimating that if a guy transitions to a woman and then aggressively get, comes on to a guy... And fucks him that that's okay. <laughs> like this is fucking disturbing. Maybe there's more to the insinuation than, or maybe I'm missing something. But that's you, what it feels I mean. Like. In fairness, they it said has they a very threatening subtext. Yes, it does. The whole I, I tried to make an excuse you will to have get a away, man but grab you with their me. physical strength and force you down. I just, I, I, just, I just love that he says I tried to get away. I tried to make an excuse to get out of here. I, see this, I, see I this, tried to run. I, I, I tried this, to get out. I see this giant bitch Darla looking at me, and I'm like, "Is that Dave?" And I was like, "No, that's Darla." Big hairy dick swinging down her fucking legs. <laughs> I saw another video on Twitter where it was a guy talking to his brother, and he was like, "Yeah, my 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 girlfriend is a guy, but it's I'm not gay." But she explained to me that I'm not gay, so I, it's fine. And every, he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Did you guys see what I'm, that video I'm talking about? It's like from a TV show or something. No, like, what's all this no. propaganda? But, but, but the comment section here is pretty gold. Here uh, we got a comment here by Arlen saying, "Did he spit or did he swallow?" <laughs> <laughs> we got another one here by uh, Brandon 
saying, uh, no amount of vodka will ever make me think I want to hook up with Dave. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's true. It's true. And then the, just some of the images here are, um, wow. If, 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 if we lived in New York, jail, automatically jail right now. No going back from it. Uh, Just for the memes, you mean? Just for the memes. I mean, we can't show you the images. We're working on the studio here. Uh, You know, we we still don't have a lot of the tech stuff, but some of the images that that these guys can't see, uh, pure uh, amazingness. And uh, someone else said, what an absolute mess of a situation. (laughs) But the memes here are are, are pretty funny, as, of course, we have two clowns pointing um, at, at a direction that says, go woke, go broke. With Bud Light introducing absolute vodka to the way of <laughs> Western corporate media failure. And the thing is, that thing, that, that ad didn't insinuate that she was raping him. It didn't. I don't it, know. But there was grabbing know. and not letting the guy go when he tried to get away. Right. That's disturbing as fuck. And then, and then it's also like apologizing. Like, he's like, I realize that, that Dave didn't change. I did. And it's like, it's just, it's a weird reflection. Like it's, it's almost like a abused spouse syndrome where you're like, you're like, well, Dave didn't let me go. And now I'm apologizing to Dave and saying how perfect she is. It's just, it's just a very strange experiment and not to make this too big brain, but just to go back to this point about the New York censorship about memes and shit like that. Like this is the sign of a very weak ideology. Like if you have to curtail speech if you can't allow for even needling jokes which is all we're doing with this we're not really taking it all that seriously but we're just needling jokes about how fucking absurd this advertisement is it's like that is the sign of an ideology that cannot stand on its own they have to use state force to try and uh you know force it down your throat just like dave might yes (laughs) very good very good pun here as as they're running with this advertisement campaign with their latest post here quote a world of color in every sip with the rainbow hashtag born to mix hashtag absolute as they just released their own rainbow colored absolute vodka bottle that is gay and essentially is gay juice I have to imagine that the brand is dying. Uh, For those that don't understand why I keep bringing up ESG, if you want to get outside investor capital from the biggest money managers like State Street, BlackRock, Vanguard, they will only invest in your company if you fall under the the proper ESG uh, guidelines. And this is a very easy way to do it. It doesn't seem like it because you get this this whiplash effect, particularly Bud Light played, paid a tremendous price for it. The fact that Absolute would follow in their footsteps, given how catastrophic that was for Bud Light, tells me that they are so desperate for capital that they they didn't feel as if they had a choice. I don't think that the advertising com- you know, company behind this idea would have done so otherwise. It's I, just- I don't know, because like when people have to deal with difficult times, they usually turn to alcohol. When there's a lot of people dealing with uh, success and there's economic prosperity, a lot of people turn to alcohol. It's usually sure. a business that, of course, has a lot of people invested in it. But let's not forget, this is a, a fucking horrible company that is leading to tremendous negative health effects for a majority of its customers. They destroy your brain. They destroy your cognitive functions. They destroy any ability to live a healthy fucking life. It doesn't just tax your liver. It destroys your overall fucking health. Alcohol is a fucking spirit for a reason. A lot of people believe in the woo-woo, hippy-dippy stuff re- regarding alcohol. I do believe that there's some truth 
truth to this, especially with a lot of people's kind of personalities changing, a lot of people flipping out, a lot of people becoming more emotional on alcohol, but also kind of letting the walls go down and a lot of the times overreacting, a lot of times leading to horrible situations, whether it's spousal abuse, whether it's self-harm, whether it's just a lot of really fucked up things. And, and this fucking company is going to be like, look, guys, we're gay now, so we're trendy and we're good. Go drink our fucking booze, loser, as you are going to be poisoned by our fucking product. That's essentially what they're saying here. And to me, just the product itself should be criticized. Now, the fact that they're trying to push a woke ESG score depopulation agenda, fuck you, motherfuckers. I don't want your fucking poison. I don't want your propaganda fucking either. And if you are someone who even drinks passively, even lightly, you are still dealing with significant cognitive functions that will be hindered in your brain. You will still deal with significant health effects, even if you're a light drinker. Alcohol, booze, fucking poison. Let's just be real here. If you drink a ton of Absolute, you will go to bed with Darla. You will wake up with Dave. That's what they're telling you in the ad. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, true. A, it's like a PSA. Yeah. So there's, if that's what you want. There's a phenomenon, <laughs> I think, of people that have transitioned sex or gender or whatever. I'm not both or neat or either um <laughs> that they want to be claimed that they are the real the, i actually i don't know I, this is a lot of second hand i'm getting through the media manipulation i don't know what's what but people are like i was a man i've transitioned to a woman now i'm really a woman and it's like well you're really a man that transitioned to a woman you can be both you're you're a a, a man you have the genetics of the man and you've also transitioned yourself to more match the way you feel into, but, but you're but, still but, a man that has transitioned but, to a woman. You're both. It's okay. Listen, on YouTube, we told you how they want to make you fat. Now on Rumble, we will tell you how they want to make you gay and how they want you to fuck dudes. Okay? That's that's literally the plan here as, of course, almost every aspect of mainline society is kind of inching you closer to this. You look at the larger biological war that's happening on male, on, on, on human beings, on, on fucking masculine men. You look at all the hormone blockers. You look at all the testosterone levels dramatically going down, the sperm levels dramatically going down. There's a fucking war on actual males, and the state would love it. If you were just gay, didn't have family members, didn't have a fucking community of individuals, because then their eugenics depopulation program just works by itself. I and just... I think personally, I don't care what you are. I don't care if you hook up with Darla. I don't give a fuck what you do in the privacy of your own home. But I think we should call out the larger agenda that truly is there to limit the amount of people in this world that they are pushing in very soft ways. Hmm. Much like a Bud Light... Um, Absolute is part of a larger company called Pernod Ricard that owns a ton of other drinks brands, according to uh, to Wikipedia. So if you drink any of these, you're uh, you're complicit in the uh, in the promotion of uh, relations with Dala. Includes uh, Malibu, Jameson, Jefferson's Bourbon. Uh, I like Jameson, you son of a bitch. Rot yeah. The Rothschilds own Jameson. Why are you drinking the Rothschilds booze, Clint? Plymouth Gin. Yeah, give me now all you do, these companies. Clint. I want to know. I don't. I don't. Wrong. I don't really drink anymore anyway, so it's not a big deal. But it's just. It's just. It's upsetting that like I can't just have any fucking consumer products that I don't have to worry about their political agenda. Just stop. Just sell me the fucking booze if I want it. Stop making me feel guilty because I don't want to fuck Dave. Like it's just so insulting and infuriating, and it just won't stop. Hey, you, you drink alcohol, you get moobs too. So uh, you know, again, promotes estrogen, destroys testosterone, destroys your brain, hinders your liver, hinders your organs, really fucks you up. I, I've cut out most booze. 
I, I once in a blue moon, maybe we'll have like a glass of wine. But fuck that shit. I'm not touching that shit because I want to live a fucking better, healthier, more amazing fucking life. And you do once you put away the booze. Sorry, Alan, did you finish reading off the list of companies that we should be Oh, it uh, would avoiding? take too long. I would, yeah, I would just uh, Google this, this brand. It's a French brand worth uh, 8.8 billion in revenue as of 2021. Pernod Ricard. And, I, yeah, I would imagine dozens of brands. I would imagine that Absolute's brand recognition was in the shitter, and that's why they're doing this. Because it's not—it's not that it's a big market. It's not like there's so many trans people that you're like, well, if we just sell Absolute to the trans community, that'll we'll be in the black. Where our our industry will be booming. It's like it's it's about appealing to like categorizing yourself in opposition to the right wing and in alignment with the left and hoping that all of the, you know, woke people will well, just go but, out but and buy But they just saw what happened uh, to Bud Light. They saw what happened to, to, to Anheuser-Busch. But see, the difference is, is that Bud Light was very much in alignment with conservatives, blue-collar workers. It was like the construction beer. You don't fucking do that with Bud Light. Absolute. I don't know how many fucking good old boys are drinking Absolute. I would still think it's probably a risky gambit, but I would imagine it comes from a place of desperation. As a the, businessman, that's my guess. The Slavic people, uh, speaking on behalf of them, are devastated. Yeah. Also, that, the point about trans people being a tiny minority, they are. But it's important to remember that in many cases, the market for woke marketing, if there is a consumer market, is, uh, is white women. Yes. Just like Black Lives Matter. Well, I already That's said true. Democrats, yep. so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same difference, it seems, at this point. We got we got a rumble rant by Orange Troll 65 saying absolutely a no-go for a screwdriver, which <laughs> probably will have a new <laughs> definition. We got another, another, another rumble rant from Right Now Reports saying Colonel House Fabian Society ran uh, Woodrow Wilson's second term and helped create the Fed. Well, I, I didn't know that right now. Reports, thank you so much for that rumble rant, as, of course, we will be reading out all the rumble rants here and appreciate all the people who are getting a part, uh, going to be a part of this conversation. If you're a member of LukeUnfilter.com, make sure to go on the Telegram chat room right now and to tell me that you want to call in, as, of course, uh, the, the reaction memes to uh, this uh, particular a absolute commercial and advertisement on Twitter is uh, pretty gold here. And I think this highlights why Twitter is so important when it comes to the battle for free speech, because you're able to actually respond to a lot of these individuals. You're actually able to make fun of them. And people can't really hide on, on Twitter. People can't really hide on Rubble. They could hide on, on Facebook. They could hide on Instagram. Many times they do. Many times they get rid of comments. Many times they get rid of people who, of course, dare to criticize them. And uh, the, the responses here truly on Twitter highlight a society who's like, hey, um, I'm just done with this propaganda. I'm done with this nonsense. I don't want to be lectured about how I need to do this or that to be socially acceptable when it comes to a horrible product that does horrible things to society. Thank you. Fuck that bullshit. Yeah, this makes me Think of the Bud Light uh, thing where they had Dylan Mulvaney drinking Bud Light in a bathtub. It didn't bother me that it was that it was like someone who considers himself trans. Or I don't even think Dylan does, but uh, that and I, I think he does not. I'm pretty sure he still is just. I don't know exactly how he considers himself, but it was that they were his his target audience is kids under under 21, and he was well people under 21 marketing Bud Light through a character who has a majority of their audience or a large part of their audience to kids. The part of this thing that bothered me is that the guy's like, I tried to get away and he wouldn't let me. Like that's fucking rape bait shit. If you do that to a woman, you're at a bar and talking to her, and she tries to get away and you grab her, literally. That's fucking rape. That's like the, that's like the first step towards a rape. You got You can't do that shit. 
So that kind of marketing pisses me off. Darla can though. Dave can't. But Darla can. It's grotesque. I know. I know. I'm just oh. kidding. It's it's just it's just ridiculous. I I think that this this is ultimately drying up. Uh, there's actually uh, breaking news about a week ago was that many of the money managers that have been been pushing this economic agenda that drives towards ESG that's wokeifying the capitalist system. They are now seeking liability protections because they realize that they have violated their fiduciary duty to their investors. So there, this is this tide is shifting. Uh, give it a year or two, and I think you will see fewer and fewer advertisements like this. I couldn't have said that a year ago. I can't even believe I'm saying it now, but I really do believe we're at an inflection so point. Seth Weathers spun up um, American, what is it? Uh, Ultra right American yeah, beer, yeah, 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 yeah. and it's it's super popular. I mean, he he basically piggybacked off of the Bud Light controversy and, and sparked this multi million dollar company. I don't know what he's worth now, but just massive, massive. Know, it's it like. This is this is the reason I don't look at this and get upset anymore. I see opportunity for entrepreneurs that have our ideological outlook. I want I want all of the woke corporations to eat absolute shit, and I want people that actually value human liberty to rise in their stead. And I think that we have that opportunity. So instead of instead of like looking at these advertisements and going like I'm never drinking absolute again, just look at these advertisements and go like I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna crush this corporation. That's what I'm wondering. So it's it's a conservative dad's ultra right is the company that Seth Weathers started. Uh, it's a beer company. But I wonder if someone will spin up a vodka company now. I, or bet, if you it's they, just, I bet you I bet you Daily Wire's working on it right now. They did it with chocolate. They've done it with everything. That's cool. Guys, yeah. so I wonder if like there's such a thing as like weariness, of like war weariness, culture war weariness, where it's like oh, yeah. another fucking thing I got to counter. But oh, there's money There's money in it. All those replies that Luke was reading off, that is, that is the exhaustion. I mean, because when it first started, I remember even myself who just kind of my knee-jerk reaction is like, what the fuck is this? I still wasn't speaking out because I was like, well, that's a weird ad campaign. Like, why would Gillette insult me for being a man, given that, like, I'm their primary demographic? That seems really insulting and stupid, but whatever. It's their company. They can do what they want. Then I realized that the trend had more underlying factors that were were causing this. And then when I realized where it was coming from, uh, you know, through World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, the depopulation agenda, all this other shit, this anti-capitalism, this pro-Marxism kind of worldview, then I t started to take it seriously. But we are winning this fight. I got to ask you, Alan, because I think if I asked Luke and Clint this, they would just say yes. Do you think there's legitimately an agenda where people want a portion of the earth to die off? Yes. Wait, I didn't ask you. <laughs> I knew what you would say. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. I haven't really considered it. Obviously, you know, Bill Gates is pretty explicit about this. He wants to, you know, reduce the population of Africa through contraception. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that there is a bit an overpopulation problem in that specific part of the world, and it's driving poverty. It's driving mass immigration. It's causing all sorts of problems. He wants to slow growth, as far as I can tell, but not yeah. necessarily kill off a bunch of the people. I, and I was thinking about it, and like, how insidious it would be if there's even if there's just a few of them in the group that are like, yeah. Yeah, we do need to kill a huge percentage of Earth to make this right. Like, do you think that? And obviously, it's a grand. I, not that you, what you're saying, you know or don't know. I don't know. You know, it's just. Do you get that feeling? Uh, I'm sure there are some uh, some of the more ex some of the more extreme uh, ideologic people probably fantasize about getting rid of you know those pesky uh, pesky rubes who call them who cause them so many political problems. I don't know if there's like a. I wouldn't say I've seen any evidence of a grander conspiracy. Well, you know, I have a different point of view. I would just, you know, respectfully disagree with you. But when, when we don't have to get into the weeds in this because there's many different ways that you could kind of argue this. I don't even want to argue. I just want to kind of state the fact that when you look at Western populations, the populations are declining rapidly. You look at what's happening in Japan, that essentially has been the blueprint to what's happening to Europe, to what's happening in the United States. As the third world is growing and is being invited into the West 
And that is going to lead to a lot of very unstable, fucked up situations that's going to create a lot of animosity between these different groups. But um, it, it's fair to say the Western world reproduction rates down dramatically. I don't think it's an accident. I think it's absolutely, in my opinion, uh, done deliberately. I, I, I think porn has been weaponized. I think our food has been weaponized. Our drinking water has been weaponized. Our environment has been weaponized to the point where children, um, young uh, mothers that, that are, are, are about to give birth are so chemically induced in this kind of concoction cocktail that absolutely hinders the further growth and expansion of Western civilization, which I think is directly under attack, and I think all the statistics prove it. And, and well, I do think there's very open glee by uh, especially uh, left-wing columnists and uh, political commentators at the decline of white populations in the West. I think they yeah. they love that, and they're actually quite open about it. They're, they're cheering they're, for they're, it. They're, they're like, quite open global about the warming's around. We better stop having children. You need to stop right now because of global warming which is ridiculous which is which is a crazy sycophantic idea sorry i cut you off uh, but yeah yeah that like open celebration of you know the browning of america and right. the new europeans these are and these are phrases these aren't my phrases they're used in you know mainstream publications but, but so if they, you, they are cheering for if that. you bring it up though then it's it's a uh, replacement theory and then you're then you're a white supremacist you, then you're a white supremacist yeah. exactly even though they they openly brag about it and let me just uh, double well, down but, but if, what's you, more if, racist you, if you cheer it on you're yeah. promoted you're like yeah this is great right you know that's crazy because what's more racist than cheering for the decline of a racial group it's sounds, extraordinarily sounds like the, racist, racist it's the most it's the most overtly racist thing we probably deal with is is hatred towards straight white men in particular, but white people more broadly. It's very insulting, uh, particularly given that I came up in this time where it was like, let's get past our you know, immutable characteristics and our racial differences. And now they're like, you're the problem. And I'm like, wait, we were all on the same team here. What happened? I didn't change. Y'all did. Uh, it's very insulting. But uh, just to add to, to Luke's case about the depopulation agenda, it's also, I think it was Richard Branson that funded the uh, the Georgia Guidestones, which say that they have to have the population uh, at like half a billion. Uh, just so people understand, we're at 8 billion today. So that would be the death of 7.5 billion uh, human beings on Earth. So it's like that paired with the Bill Gates agenda where he wants to have vaccines. He also wants to control the food supply. He wants to, uh, you know, genetically modify uh, the food supply. He wants to... Uh, increase uh what's it called contraception uh like increase that, the number of gay people as well so they don't have children right. so they don't reproduce and then, and then also the testosterone levels are declining because of uh, the food supply which bill gates obviously has his fingers all fucking filthy in there um and it's not just him like if you actually listen to uh no harari over at the world economic forum like when these when these people talk about this they're not fucking hiding it like this is not a secret they think that the world is overpopulated they think that the world has too much carbon emissions and that we are the biggest creators of carbon emissions and we have to go because otherwise we all go. That's their thesis. It's fucking psychotic, but they believe it genuinely. I, I believe, you know, if it, I want to go back to the point that I made just a couple of moments ago saying, if you, if you if you cheer this on, you get promoted. You talk about this in a critical way and you call out the clear racism that is involved here, which, as, as Alan pointed out, people cheering and celebrating a population decline, uh, you're the bad guy. And I think this is why free speech is so essential because... I, I do believe if it wasn't for the larger kind of media complex, for the larger censorship state apparatuses that are involved here, if people knew what was going on, 
they wouldn't be affected by this, that they would actually be taking these problems more seriously, that they would actually address these problems and their larger agenda wouldn't work if enough people knew what was going on. And now, only because of Rumble, only because of Twitter, we're actually able to, of course, talk about these particular situations when we weren't able to do that before. Which brings me to the next story, and that by, is... By the way, before yeah, we move yeah. on, do you know the uh, the most least, the least racist place on the internet? No. It's 4chan. Really? Every, everyone's anonymous. You're judged entirely on the content of your posts. <laughs> That's an interesting argument. As it should yeah. be, I suppose. I, it's just it's just sad that like all of the shit posters have been driven off of major social media into these like little backwoods where they get to say their little racist things. It's like I liked it. I liked it when everyone it was just a fucking wild west and like some people were saying racist shit and I was like sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's really fucked up. Like that's a better I really I genuinely believe like that period of the internet was so I like I cherish it. I cherish the memory of it when we weren't deplatformed because we were saying some deep dark thought. We were just putting it into the ether. We weren't actually like we didn't even necessarily believe it. We we're just saying fucked up shit to see what kind of like reaction you can well, get. If, it was if you the look, if you look at, of the internet. If, yeah. if you look at comedy, and, and I think this is why comedians have been so desperately attacked by the system and by the status quo and by the establishment, a lot of times when they joked about race and, and particular individuals, it eased race relations. I, I, I do believe having an ability just to be kind of honest and upfront, and, and if some, someone wants to be uncomfortable, you know, again, that is their choice. And I think we have to live in a society where people are made to understand words only have power if you give them power over you. That, to me, is a way better place than a government micromanaging your thoughts and ideas to the point where they will imprison you or steal your money if you dare to express an opinion that someone doesn't like in any way, shape, or form. That, to me, is not the way to go forward. And if you look at the way that the corporate media has been managing this conversation, canceling individuals and going after individuals who propose free speech, they have worsened race relations. They have worsened people's ability to be able to get along with each other. And if you truly want people to live in, in, in a world where we could all just see each other as fucking equals. Let people be fucking free. Let these individuals speak for them fucking selves. And when you do, the world turns out not to be that bad of a fucking place. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and hu- like, humor breaks tension. Exactly. And, you know, yes. raci- it breaks racial tension as well. And, and so that's why they attacked it of, so much. Yeah. They attacked it more than any any other kind of uh, institution. Sorry, but, go ahead. But I think that like Eddie Murphy in the 80s probably did more for race relations than... I won't go so far as to say Martin Luther King, but he certainly played a big role in terms of making white people reflect on their own fucked upness. George Carlin. George Carlin absolutely was a major fighter for For free speech in the First Amendment to the point where he was even arrested. Right. Many comedians were fucking arrested for for pushing the limits of free speech, and I'm very thankful that they did. But But it's like it's also creative expression when it comes to music. Like... Uh, NWA with police brutality uh, that certainly highlighted that issue, uh, and then that kind of traversed into the the punk and the and the alternative scene where you had more and more people that were talking about it. You had even Sublime that was talking about the riots of '94 or '92, um, and it's like this. All of this is like a culture shifting events, but it only is it only happens if you're actually able to speak freely and communicate how you're feeling. And I think that that traverses cultural divides in a way that's really beautiful and 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 natural, as opposed to having it be forced on you like Darla with her fucking absolute vodka. Yeah, I found <laughs> the best way to overcome racism is not to scream about how fucked up racism is, which. 
you can mention how fucked up racism is, but it's to become the best, most likable person. And then everyone, it, you basically become a representation of your race or whatever the fuck your skin color is. And then people are like, I love you. And I love other people that look like you by default. Right. R- Richard Pryor was also another yep. real one who like spoke some really uncomfortable truths in our society and was able to kind of... I, I think help a lot of different individuals. Comedians, gestures are extremely important for society. And I think this is why they were the number one target of the establishment, why they were attacked so viciously, why so many of them were canceled, and why still to this day, many comedians are afraid of saying some spicy jokes. And the few that do, they're cherished and they're worshipped, and I think they're more popular than ever. And well, and, and I think Im- they should be. Also important to remember, um, you know, again, we talk about official racism. The uh, the group, the demographic that's attacked most often for being racist, you know, white people, white males. Uh, if you look at all the surveys, they're the least likely to hold racist attitudes or anti-Semitic attitudes, for that matter. Yeah, it's it's basically like everybody else is more racist than just straight white dudes but but we're the only ones that are actually guilty of racism which is a fascinating dichotomy that's completely founded in utter nonsense bullshit but that's the that's the uh you know inverted world we we live in at this point i i just wanted to make a point also about uh you know how how race relations improve through uh you know actors denzel washington uh michael jordan like I, so many of my idols were black, you know, and that I think that does far more than the Civil Rights Act that forces, you know, integration or anything like that. Just seeing black men that I looked up to and I was like, I want to be like Kobe Bryant. I want to be like Michael Jordan. Like that, that is way more meaningful to actually have a hero that looks differently than you. I think that is actually how you you bridge that gap more than anything. Well, you just fucking treat people as individuals. It's not that fucking complicated. Treat people like they are by, based on their fucking characters. It's not that motherfucking complicated. Well, it seems complicated, Luke. Mm, I don't know. Uh, it's complicated when you have to mobilize <laughs> large numbers of people based on tribal identity for elections. <laughs> right, exactly. There's that like uh, familiarity bias. I kind of get it. It's weird. Like I was in South America and a lot of people were like looking at me and like I'm not used to that because I come from where other people look like me. So I kind of blended in. But then when I was down there, they were like, Thor, Thor, because I guess to them I look like Chris Hemsworth, and I was like, well, that's, that's a great compliment. I'm getting used to it, but it, it was, there is a strange feeling when, like, other people will stand around and look at you because you look different than other people yeah. that I, I didn't understand growing up because I was in an environment where I, a lot of people had my similar skin tone, and then, you know, Harrison Smith, I think his name was, came in in second grade, and he was a black kid in their, their family, I guess. They called it Caucasian Falls, where I was from, because everybody was fucking looked like this. I, I, I traveled, um, you know, a lot of places around the world in, in my twenties, and I, I think people really don't understand how really racist the rest of the world is. The United States, one of the least racist places on the fucking world, and I think a lot of people take it for granted. As of course we're now race obsessive, and and everyone's trying to fix their whiteness and all this other fucking dumbass bullshit. You, you go to places like Africa. Holy fucking cow! I had a I had a fucking African taxi driver making fun of Chinese people who be like ching chong ning they they fucking come here take everything from us and I'm like whoa that's fucking wild I was fucking talking to Koreans and they were like those fucking Japanese assholes we fucking hate them I was in fucking Israel the way that they were talking about the Palestinians was fucking gnarly and fucking hardcore I was in Latin America I was in Brazil they fucking hate the Argentinians the Argentinians hate the fucking Brazilians the Indians they fucking hate everybody everyone hates the fucking Indians that's how the world works and we should be okay with that because 
We here in, in the United States truly are extremely privileged and lucky not to deal with such stringent racial tensions, but now we're literally being reverted to them by this woke ESG leftist fucking cultist ideology that wants to obsess about this shit in order to make it another divide and conquer fucking objective that is working, is dividing people, and is truly... Um, there to to show the divides in our society. You just made me think of TikTok, and is this just a Chinese psyop? I don't even know if I can call it Chinese. Is this a communist psyop from the CCP uh, that's seeded this racism into our culture and highlighted it to the front of these algorithms? I don't. I don't think so. Just simply because that the origin story of critical theory does not begin with tiktok not even fucking close like that started it started really barack obama in 2012 pushing the dei programs uh, on all federal departments across the government i think that's where it was institutionalized i think this is a a larger plan that comes from the highest levels of political power that's my honest opinion i don't think i like tiktok may play a role in propagating it and and growing it amongst the youth but in terms of the ideology the sick toxic ideology it comes from far far prior when you say the highest forms of political power do you mean like central banks in switzerland kind of political power uh, i mean if they are the highest level i think it's like it's the it's the technocratic elite it's the people that actually really dictate uh government policy like it, the just to prove that I'm not crazy. Look at the response to COVID and look at look at how all of the governments all over the world in lockstep did the stupidest fucking shit imaginable. And they did it largely predicated off of the head of our health establishment, Anthony Fauci, who was also responsible for the funding and creation of COVID. Like once you once you see all of that and you see everyone doing the exact wrong thing, destroying so many innocent lives, getting everybody to take this fucking vaccine that was toxic bullshit. Like, I don't know how you conclude that there isn't a, a technocratic elite that is actually, uh, you know, coordinating these events. Then you add into that the fact that there was a, uh, a study on an airborne uh, coronavirus just a few months prior to the release of COVID. And it's like, all right, look, how many fucking coincidences do you need before you go, okay, there is actually someone that's orchestrating this. Then you have the fact that WEF meets every year at Davos and you have all of the most wealthy and powerful, not just the corporate elite, but also the political elite, also the banking elite that all get together and they all fucking, you know, jerk each other off and they talk about how they're going to take over the world. Uh, you know, the, the extra 2% of the world they don't control already. Well, next year we're going to go get it. Like, I just don't think that this is organic. I remember, uh, a couple of years ago, being in Japan, getting drunk with some Japanese people, and they were like, "Fuck the Koreans!" Yeah, dude. Fuck the and, and, and people don't understand how <laughs> prevalent, how fucking crazy the world is. Once you get outside of it, Chinese hate everybody, like especially black people. You see the shit that black people, especially Africans, have to go through in China. Holy fucking yeah, cow! It, and, and then we're being fucking lectured about, about racial equity. Are you fucking kidding me? Fucking hell! Go outside of your fucking little bubble. Go travel the world. All these, all these like crazy leftists have no idea how the world fucking works speaking of how how many uh so many things seep down from the government and are downstream of the government uh censorship is another another big one um online censorship it's becoming increasingly clear oh that's a story he's been working on we got to talk about this this yeah. is fascinating um, like so much of this, like when I first started covering social media censorship for Breitbart, you know, it wasn't clear where it was coming from. It was clear the media supported it. It was clear a lot of leftists in Silicon Valley supported it. But now what we're uncovering through lawsuits like Missouri versus Biden and through congressional investigations is that there's a whole censorship industry that's been encouraged and developed by uh, by agencies like DHS. Um 
and uh, even the Pentagon. Yeah, from, from the very uh, beginning, I remember. I remember saying in 2008, uh, we even have a YouTube video here on this YouTube. Uh, sorry, the old YouTube channel. We're not now on Rumble. But if you go go to my YouTube channel in 2008, I, I literally made a video being like, censorship is coming, free speech is going to be limited, and our ideas are going to be directly attacked. You need to support independent media now. Luckily, we were supported by a lot of very generous, a lot of helpful individuals that donated to us on wearechange.org forward slash donate, which you could still do. We definitely do need your support here. But I remember back in that day being like, hey, it's the government. It's not the social media companies. It's not advantageous just for them to censor some of the most popular videos, some of the most popular articles, some of the most popular, most viewed discussions. Why would they be shooting themselves in the foot and censoring the best eye-catching, attention-grabbing headlines, news stories, and videos and movies out there? Why would they be doing that? And it's not them. And as you said, it's been uncovered now, and it's, it's a fucking fact. And it was denied. I was called a conspiracy theorist so many fucking times. I was like... This is not the private corporations. Everyone was always making the stupid-ass argument. There were some retarded, autistic fucking libertarians, too. They were like, it's a private, private company. Business. It's yeah. a pri I'm like, motherfucker, no the fuck it's not. Look at InQtel. Look at the funding. Look at the financing. Look at the organizations involved in Alphabet, in Google, in YouTube, in fucking Facebook. Look at all the tentacles of the state. Look at how Google Maps was made through the fucking Pentagon. And you're telling me that this is a private entity? Get the fuck out of here. It's not, it never has been, and it's the state. It's literal federal agents right now waiting for us to fuck up on YouTube, waiting for us to fuck up on big tech social media just so they have the excuse to limit and destroy our fucking speech. And is, that's fucking crazy because my fucking tax dollars are paying for this shit, and that's bullshit. Is it greater and than the U.S. government? Oh, you guys. And it, it's, it's so much easier for, uh, for the government to, uh, to act on censorship by encouraging private institutions, whether that's NGOs or directly funding them, whether it's NGOs or companies. One of the companies uh, I'd recommend everyone look into right now is, is a company called NewsGuard, which uh, has these sort of rating labels that it places around the web. So you install the NewsGuard browser extension on your browser. And it's, then, like, it's like the Bez Better Business Bureau, but for news outlets. So it tells you whether or not this is a legitimate source. Or whether yeah, it's Tim, whether Tim uses them a lot, and Tim's like, hey, this is NewsGuard certified here. Uh, but we have this substack here by Lee Fang, who wrote a very interesting article about this that is titled, NewsGuard's for-profit censorship model merges government and corporate power with a byline that reads, the anti-misinformation startup works closely with the Department of... Defense, intelligence agencies, and the world's largest corporate marketing conglomerates. Mm. And uh, yeah, Lee Fang uh, definitely uh, makes a good solid argument here. As of course, it's not just social media companies that are controlled by the, 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 the tentacles of the deep state or the intelligence agencies, but it, it's also now their proxies that they're using as another excuse to censor more speech. NewsGuard? I think it's absolutely one of them, especially with their startup money that came from uh, Mr. Boob Moobs himself, Bill Gates, and, and Microsoft that also yes. and, uh, uh, played and, a role and here. And money from the Pentagon. They got a $750,000 contract from the Pentagon in 2021. And that's the amount we know about. Yeah. Look, and all, all the pressure that you've seen, because like they had these 
after the Twitter leaks, we already know that they had their tentacles in all social media. We actually know to what extent they had them in Twitter in terms of DHS and CDC and uh, a bunch of uh, the FBI, CIA that were all had backdoors into Twitter. Many of them were actually employed by Twitter and they were working basically as dual double agents with, you know, in the private and the public sector. Um, but now, because Elon acquired Twitter, which is now X, they have used the the ESG DEI cutout with their uh, their coercive force that they can use against the corporations to stop advertising to try and get Elon to come to heel as well. So, like once again, this is just another method methodology to circumvent the Bill of Rights, to circumvent speech rights and private property rights. It's crystal clear that's what they did during 2020 across all social media. And now there's one social media major platform that allows us to speak at least somewhat freely. And they're also trying to bankrupt that one. It's not an accident. And now Elon is in Israel becoming best friends with Benjamin Netanyahu, I think in a direct response against the criticisms Absolutely. of him being allegedly anti-Semitic. I, I, I don't think Elon Musk is anti Semitic. He's building hospitals in Israel and in Gaza. Okay, he's now offering Starlink to the particular region, and I, I, I think now he understands. Hey, they could take away everything from us, and now I think he's coming there, being like, "Hey, um, back off! Can please? we be, can we be cool now? Yeah. <laughs> and will this be enough for the system to to kind of come in and be like, okay, yeah, now we could bring in all the advertisements? Interesting. What do you guys think? Five D chess for Musk." Like then he has control. If if they're using his Starlink and he wants to shut them down, now now all of a sudden Elon's got some semblance of power in the system. I honestly think that's the only reason Elon Musk is still above ground is that his technology mm -hmm. is so important to some of the military contractors on Earth that he, he's like he's like he's fucking with them, but he's also so vitally important for them with like with space travel, with satellite technology. There's so much, and then also the green agenda. He's got the the top electric cars in the world. It's like. He is both a problem, but also an asset to them. I think that the only way they can actually, or he will ever be in their good graces again, is to give them the backdoor access to social media, to to Twitter, to allow for the the censorship apparatus to be foisted upon us once again. And I hope, upon all hope, that he will actually stand the test of time and and fight back. Now, will he do that? That's a question I, I want to leave to you so. guys. I don't think you but, can. But, but, you but gotta... I also want to make another point here that I think is is really important to mention here and to add to your point here because I think you hit the nail on the head here, specifically when it comes to this larger kind of paradox, because if you look at Elon, he does have a lot of government contracts. He did make a lot of money with carbon credits. He, of course, now is the, the beholder of a technology that is crucial to the missile defense systems of Ukraine and now soon to be the missile defense systems of Israel, as probably he already is a major component of the American missile defense system, which is very important and I think is playing a very central key role here that we can't underestimate, as mm. I would even argue that Ukraine would have already been totally conquered by Russia if it wasn't for the air defense measures that were granted to them by Elon Musk, by Starlink, which has been crucial in this entire conflict. Now, Ukraine wanted to take it a step further, and they said, you know what? We're going to use this not only to defend ourselves, we're going to use this to attack Russia. And that's when uh, Elon said, hey, hey, not, 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 not so far here. Please don't do this. I don't want a world war. And then he got heavily criticized and attacked for it. Now yeah. he's being heavily criticized and attacked for showing both sides of the Hamas-Palestinian-Israeli conflict and 
Now, I guess he's trying to make amends by uh, giving a voice to Benjamin Netanyahu, who is a very unpopular politician that even many Israelis want to see gone from political office. I'll be a little bit optimistic here. You know, we were talking about the Fabian Institution earlier and the tactic of the long march through the institutions. I think Elon Musk has done a speed run through the institutions, as you say, has become indispensable to the defense establishment and uh, to the space industry. Um, and that kind of gives him a lot of leeway that other people don't have to do what he wants. Um, I think, you know, you know, every day he's on Twitter elevating narratives and elevating content that the establishment would rather rather not be elevated. And as far as the Israel thing goes, I mean, I think he's work, walking a difficult, uh, difficult tightrope there, you know. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, the yeah. whole conflict, just even talking about it as an independent yeah. journalist, you have to be super careful because everyone's going to lump you into one particular side. Our side is like, hey, let's not have more fucking war. Let's try to de-escalate tensions. Let's try to call for ceasefires. Let's try to call for peace. Let's try to reimagine this situation that doesn't involve neoconservatives having their way with the American people and with the poorest people of the world. That's our fucking official position here. But still, we were accused by a lot of people of being pro-Israeli. We're accused of being pro-Palestinian and pro-Hamas. We're none of that shit. We're not pro-state. We're pro-freedom. Uh, pro-personal responsibility. So now imagine the pressures. We're facing pressures just talking about this. He's facing pressures being involved in this as he has now pledged to rebuild parts of Gaza. He has promised to be a part of the larger solution there. And some people say that he actually was maybe even a major component to the peace deal that has been extended as the ceasefire with Hamas and the IDF has been extended now after we're hearing news sources of Hamas releasing more hostages into um, the Israeli government and allowing them to be freed from captivity. So this is just some of the latest reporting. Is Elon Musk responsible for this? I would love to believe that he is a force for good, but with any person that has a lot of power, I believe we always have to be a little bit hypercritical here. But uh, overall... When we look at a man, we should judge him by the fruits of his labor. The fruits here so far, he's walking a fine line, as you said here. But these fucking fruits, they're fucking awesome. And we wouldn't have it if it wasn't for him. Let's just be real. Yeah. No, I I, I don't downplay it at all. I mean, it, I I lived through the 2020 to the 2022, you know, pre-Elon era. And I, every single day, I, I had to fear that I was going to lose my account. Um, so I'm, I'm very grateful that we're able to have conversations about the hottest topics in real time without, you know, biting our tongue because all through the COVID era, we couldn't tell the truth on there without just getting deplatformed. So it's been very important. I think that you're right. Elon is trying to kind of walk this tightrope, but, um, it, it's just, it's very challenging because you can't really get a vibe for what this guy's true beliefs are because he'll talk about free speech, but then he won't bring back Alex Jones. He, he'll, he'll talk about free speech, but then he'll say, you know, lawful, but awful. We can still ban you if it's, uh, you know, impermissible thought. And it's just kind of this like nebulous concept. Yeah. If it goes against advertiser uh, preferences, we'll probably shit can you, uh, you know, but, but also I'm willing to lose money to, in defense of free speech. And he'll give you this like lofty speech about that. It's just, it's very challenging to get a for who this guy but, is. But, but he brought is... back Tommy Robinson. He, he brought back Katie Hopkins. Yeah. And he personally explained why he doesn't want Alex Jones on his platform. He was wrong about that. But hey, at least we got a fucking explanation. We're, we're not going to get anything close to that on fucking uh, YouTube but, or Facebook. Sorry, Alan, I cut you yeah. off. 
Uh, yeah, all, a lot of this goes back to the ad revenue model, right? This is like a big, big pressure point for the censorship industry. They've exploited it time and time again. Whenever they uh, don't get what they want from a social media platform, they'll whip up an advertiser boycott. They've even done it against Facebook, which censors a ton of content. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, one, one of the strategic moves that Musk has done is this move towards subscription revenue, which I think is clearly aiming at that goal of uh, liberating the platform from that advertiser pressure. And this is how Substack has been able to uh, evade censorship efforts as well and keep a lot of speech on the platform yeah. because they're a purely subscription-based platform. That's how we exist. We had uh, memberships here on wearechange.org. We had lukeunfilter.com. We had the members page. We had lukeuncensored.com. All pretty much the same thing. Now we have 10 years plus of videos that you can get as a member, and your support is more crucial and more important than ever. And and truly, this is one of the ways that we still exist because we used to rely on advertisements. We used to rely on just donations. Um, trust me, it's a lot better with you guys being the the producers here, you guys being the financers here, because you guys allow us to do all of this stuff. And I can't thank you guys enough for giving us this responsibility and this privilege to be able to speak to you, share with you, hopefully try to make you laugh, and hopefully maybe try to encourage you to make some good decisions in your life, since almost everywhere you look, there's a larger agenda to make you fat, stupid, and gay. And that's fucked up. <laughs> I had something I wanted to add because I was just in the bathroom. Firstly, it's like if you ever got a piss during a podcast, do it because like don't waste. It's better to like forgive a little bit of your time on air so that the rest of your show isn't shitty. Like I feel better now. Uh, okay, thank you for peeing. You yeah. got it. Thank, thank, I love you. No, everything no, about you guys. There's, I feel there's a saying that, so that I that love. I that I've kind of uh, broadened. No, Ian, we peeing. There it is. <laughs> Okay, is Elon, and maybe you guys answer this way, but I doubt it, uh, is Elon going to be able to defend against this industrial censorship mechanism? The answer is, I don't think so, if Twitter remains centralized. Alan, I'd love to get your opinion on this. I, yeah, I was just talking about it. I think there's a race to subscription revenue for Twitter, right? Can it get to a critical massive subscription revenue before uh, this advertiser pressure pays off? The other thing to remember is that, you know, advertisers are fickle. They will come back once the controversy has subsided. You just have to wait it out in some cases. My my concern is if it's in a centralized system that the, D, uh, the, the, the military or the, the uh, whatever, NSA or whoever the hell is just going to go in there and just steal all the data. But if it's somehow decentralized and that Elon's not like a, a linchpin anymore, that there will be no more vulnerability, there will be no more linchpin vulnerability. And uh, do you think that's even technically feasible? Is that within it's, your... It's technically feasible. There are decentralized platforms. There's one called, uh, one recently launched called uh, Polycentric which is, I think, fully decentralized, as far as I can tell, or at least partly. I know uh, even Jack Dorsey has tried to, uh, has launched a decentralized social media protocol. There's Mastodon as well. The problem really is not the technical feasibility, but how is it profitable to anyone who has an incentive to promote it? Yeah. Who is that that has been the problem. Didn't Elon Musk kind of bend the knee to the Indian government or and or the Turkish government? This would be more of your real wheeled house. Didn't he kind of uh, allow the censorship of, of some political he ideas? Pr he probably has. I mean, uh, you know, tech companies have no choice but to uh, follow the law in some of these countries that are much more authoritarian than uh, than the U.S. Like, they they like do in, have like a choice. Like, like in France, that uh, banned Rumble, and Rumble is no longer available in that country because they decided to stand behind free speech. See, that, that's the difference between Rumble and Elon Musk, is that when Elon says he's willing to lose revenue to defend free speech, he's not telling the truth, unfortunately. Rumble guys, 
they fucking mean it when they say that. And it's largely because it's predicated off their business model is that if they fail to defend free speech, then they lose everything. The entire reason, like it's not, it's not as user-friendly uh, an interface as YouTube, but they offer truth. They offer honesty. They offer an honest discussion, a back and forth that you can't have on YouTube or basically the vast majority of other large video platforms. So um, I'm hopeful that like more and more people, as they realize how much better the content is over on Rumble, the revenue starts to come. Then Rumble have, has additional revenue so they can improve their product and ultimately eat YouTube's lunch. To, to Luke's point earlier about how YouTube started to go along with this when they really didn't have to. You guys have to remember, in the 2010 uh, arena, they were such a fucking monopoly. They had no competition whatsoever. They had absolutely no reason to start with this censorship where they start to kick people off. They did so because they, they in my estimation, are a product of the federal government. Um, and they will do whatever they fucking say because that's the only way that you stay in that lofty height. Absolutely. Elon also had some very interesting things to say about the conflict in uh, the Middle East. As, of course, now there's a community note on here saying that he was misquoted. But Dr. Eli David said that Elon Musk said, quote, Israel must do in Gaza what the allies did in Germany and Japan. The community notes is reading that he was misquoted. And in the entire discussion, Musk never said Israel must do in Gaza what the allies did in Germany and Japan. Musk said it's important to take out the terrorists and at the same time help those who remain which was also what happened in Germany and Japan. And I think that's more of a reasonable stance here. And I think, uh, yeah, getting misquoted here definitely makes a big difference when it comes to this political uh, example here. And as you can see here, walking a fine line. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that statement as terrorists that, that go after civilian populations are the good guys. And I don't care how you try to justify uh, them trying to do this. Whenever innocent women and children and, and, and civilians are hurt here, that's fucked up. And it deserves to be fucking called out no matter what side you are on. Because if you're on the side hurting civilians... You're fucked up. There's a lot of innocent people that, that don't like Hamas inside of Palestine. Those voices matter. There's a lot of Israelis that don't like Benjamin Netanyahu. Those, vo those voices matter. So uh, I think there definitely needs to be a lot of nuance to this conversation. And I think Elon Musk is providing it. And when I said earlier that I, I've been more on the Palestinian side, it's because of the catastrophic loss of innocent life in Gaza. It's not so much that I'm in alignment with them ideologically or anything like that. It's just that there's innocent children by the thousands that are dying. Um, just as I early they early on, I w was totally on the Israeli side because it was just this out of the out of the blue attack by Hamas. Now we have more disclosures that are coming out that are are uh, shedding light on whether or not the Israeli government knew, or if they uh, if they stood down intentionally, or if it was just uh, too much reliance on technology and you know getting. Uh, <laughs> resting on their laurels and and, and it just happened. I, I don't know what the truth is, but I think that um, what you see with Elon having these conversations with BB is, is quite clearly his olive branch to the ADLs of America and the advertising pressure that he's been dealing with uh, domestically. I don't think it's as sincere as it may yeah. appear. Yeah, and, and, and that's why, you know, I, I'm different than Clint. I don't, I'm not on any side, but I, I think what you said there at the end uh, really does matter a lot because it's you, the audience members, your participation, you guys signing up to rumble.com, signing up to Twitter, supporting these platforms and getting off of all these horrible fucked up platforms like Netflix, like Disney, and all these other corporations that don't give a fuck about you. Stop purchasing their bullshit. Stop poisoning your body. Stop financing the further enslavement of you, your people, and the future generations of this 
country. It's imperative that you take your health fucking seriously, that you vote with your dollar. And when you do, when you start actively getting engaged in participating in an economy that works for you, that cares about you, everything will fucking change once more of us actually fucking do this. And we can. We've got a story on Breitbart from my colleague John Nolte. You mentioned Disney and Netflix. Disney on track to lose nearly $750 million across 13 films in a historic year of box office flops. Fuck yes. I love it. Good. They fucking deserved it. They fucking deserved it with all the bullshit that they try to put on us. But all all these girl bosses, though, I don't know why you didn't buy a dozen tickets to each premiere, Luke. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Clint Clint loves girl bosses. (laughs) Clint loves women telling him what to do. (laughs) I do not. He's lying. So, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I do not like like girl bosses. You're, no girl bosses. you're blushing. You're you're, you're totally <laughs> blushing. You that looks like a very guilty face there. I don't know. I could have I could have sworn uh, you're you're ranting and raving about the new Marvel movie. I told you, you really in confidence liked. that I hire prostitutes to step on me with high heels. You weren't supposed to bring that up on the show. Did yeah. you guys? Did you see the new the Marvels? Did you guys? No, see no, me neither. No, I don't. Uh, and scene. Yeah, well, I, I I know. I I just I agree with you. I mean, this is like. Uh, there was a kind of a viral Twitter conversation that was happening today about, you know, what, what, what do people want to get us to go see these Disney movies? And it's like, stop making me feel bad. (laughs) It's pretty simple. I used to watch Disney movies because they felt fucking great. It was just like this beautiful story about, you know, father son relationship and the Lion King and this terrible uncle. And, you know, you got to have this journey, this hero's journey to, to, you know, find out who you are and become the, the, the next King. Like these are beautiful stories that, that stand the test of time. And then it became like, like there's these little fucking allusions to, to, you know, critical theory that are just so, pervasive in this in this medium at this point and i don't want my kids to fucking be watching that and being indoctrinated into that at the most impressionable age it's like it's no fucking wonder that no one's watching your your shit product anymore just Mm. throw out the television that's that's what i say but everyone but everyone watches it on their phones and on their computers Um, the television doesn't even matter anymore i think less people are buying tvs i think they're becoming cheaper than ever they don't really matter I've kind of right. gotten away. Well, I don't know if I can say this clearly. I've gotten away from like watching movies, like and that kind of thing, because it's one direction. I'm so used to interactive media now that if I can't respond to the creator in real time and get an, a feedback loop going, that I, I'm not as interested in. In but then there's documentaries. I like learning, but like just entertainment that I can't interact with. It's got to be fucking amazing if I'm going to sit there two hours where I can't like speak. I can't communicate with the thing. Is is uh, Ridley Scott on Twitter? He's probably had to block a lot of people by now. What did Ridley do? Wait, I'm just wondering if he's on Twitter. If he has an account, but you could interact with him. He's the one that made Napoleon, right? Yes. Oh, oh, I hear it was not good. Was it bad? Horrible. It was so bad. What the fuck? Did you see it? I didn't see it. I, I think it was who was saying he was like one of the greatest tech tactician, military tacticians of all time. But it was just like two hours of small dick energy. Did you? Who? Someone tweeted that out. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I did mean, you, did you did you watch it, Alan? I did. It was it was bad. Like oh. unbelievable. It came from the guy who made Gladiator. What That's, was the, what was its biggest? Pro- well, with no spoilers, but like, was it small dick? Energy? Like, was Napoleon just a bitch? Liter- literally that. It was just like uncomfortable to watch the uh, the Josephine Napoleon scenes, and you know they just made Napoleon this guy with like a 
a weird voice, you know, who'd have, you know, like these, a feet. Yeah. Hmm. Cause he was like a badass, and yeah. like people were obsessively in love with him. Like they would like follow him to the grave. He would like make all, he would speak flowery speeches about his marshals and like talk them up in the media and stuff and made every, made sure all his men were like gloriously sought after. He was one of the best military tacticians in world fucking history, and they made him a cuck. He was a master of <laughs> uh, artillery, which was a new technology at the time and just dominated the battlefield as a result and super confident as but well. But see, that, that's what's. It's so fucked up because, like, all of the best movies. I remember, uh, you know, Braveheart was obviously fucking astonishing. Uh, Gladiator, like, there was all these, all these movies. Yeah, they were like they were white male leads, but that wasn't really the focus. It was just like these heroic rise from the ashes type of uh, stories, which have, I mean, they stand the test of time. Like, that's what everyone likes. It's Homer's Odyssey. It's it's the hero's journey. We all enjoy that. And yet they just kind of refuse to do that. It's like you can't like they refuse to uplift a white male character and they have to bring him down. They have to. It's like it's it's obligatory at this point. And I think that's the reason that they're eating shit at the box office. And God bless. They fucking deserve it. Yeah. And it's not to say you can't have, you know, you know, uh, scenes of Napoleon's personal drama in a Napoleon biopic that was part of his life. Of course. But I'm not exaggerating when I say, like, that was more than half the movie. Oh, yeah, that's a that's, that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Should have been that's him rolling up. into northern Europe and about, like, what's his, what were his marshal's names? Like, the the one, the, the horse general, that guy who was, like, really good Ney, looking. Ney, yeah, Marshall. Ney, Ney is another one. Yeah, not a single marshal was mentioned in the Really? Yeah. They should have been all, they should have been, like, seven of them as did, main characters. Did, did they mention how um, Napoleon's demise was on the backs of the Rothschild's empire rising? Nope. Not the Motherfuckers no. fucking centering all that shit. I brought that up to Lord Jacob Rothschild, by the way, to his face. He, he denied it. What, but, how, uh, how did it happen? What? The Rothschilds bankrolled the English war effort. Yeah. Oh. And they uh, lied to the British stock market, and they told everyone that Napoleon won, so the stocks crashed. And when they crashed, they bought them all up on the cheap. And then when the real news came in, after they spread fake news, then the stocks went up that the British won. And, uh, of course, they were able to control huge wealth of um, of money and influence afterwards. Let, let me add one more interesting story that I just read about this week. Uh, it was also the Rothschilds that are, are responsible for the worst president in American history, Woodrow Wilson. They got Teddy Roosevelt to run to have uh, there be three candidates because they knew it would split the vote. That was the only way that Woodrow Wilson could get in. He then, in terms of paying them back, uh, passed the uh, income tax laws as well as the, the Federal Reserve laws that empowered them to take control of the American money supply. Once again, bringing the American empire into the fold of the British. Uh, yeah, they're fucking evil bastards. Was Woodrow Wilson like into that group of dudes before he became president? Were they buddies? No, but he did have, he had these like really lofty narcissistic traits that they knew would play really well. He was a, a big proponent of the League of Nations and, and that was very much in alignment with their worldview of this global government apparatus. And they knew that that would kind of be the, the preliminary structure necessary. It ultimately failed, but it led to the United Nations, uh, which is now, you know, kind of the, the global uh, governmental system. Yeah. Wilson, very much the father of both the American administrative state and the global one. Yep. And the Federal Reserve. Yeah. And the evil motherfucker. He, he, he is, I mean, if it like FDR is the only one that comes close because he had fucking internment camps and also a world war. Uh, but. I think Woodrow Wilson still takes the cake as like the most reprehensible American destroying president ever. Alum, uh, I agree with that. Uh, this is great. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any questions for us? 
Ah, uh, not really, but it was a great show. Happy to be uh, happy to be on. Yeah, those two hours just flew by uh, out of nowhere. I hope you guys appreciated the show. Thank you so much for, of course, signing up to Rumble.com. Again, it really does matter when you guys sign up for the account and actually subscribe, actually download the app, click the notification button. It means a lot because it shows to rumble that people are signing up and the more people we get to sign up the more we get to 100,000 subscribers here on rumble and then when we do that clint has volunteered to be tasered on on camera after we get 100,000 uh, subscribers and we're going to have that little phallic green rumble statue so thank you clint for you have, volunteering you have no idea what i'm going to do with that statue after you taser me <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness we're allowed to have this speech on Rumble. Be very grateful that we're able to actually just be to, to express these ideas. We weren't able to express so much on YouTube. So thank Rumble. Yeah, Shouts out to them. Real. Thanks for putting us on the front page. Thanks for promoting us to so many people. Sign up. Seriously, sign up. Put in your information, log in, click the notification button. It's more important than ever that you hear that bell go off when we go live, when your favorite creators go live. It's a great place. So many great people are here. Sign up to rumble.com. Yeah, let me just say real quick. I I can't tell you as a, I guess I'm a creator at this point. I don't know if that's, that's a weird term for me to use, but I can't tell you how liberating it is to be able to just come on this show uh, for the second hour and actually just speak my mind and not have to think about what I'm going to say and just let it fucking flow. It's like there's a flow state that as an, an artist you can't get into if you're if you're checking what you're going to say before you say it. Like there's, there's something about this organic conversation that I don't have to hold back that just brings out... Uh, another level and layer that I'm able to like really enjoy what I'm doing. And I can't feel that way on YouTube. So please do support Rumble. It means a lot. Rumble's a great platform. It is. And Chris Pavlovsky, I know you're listening. Free your software code. Decentralize your servers. I know you're working on it. Uh, Alan, where can people find you if they want to support your work? Uh, yep, you can find my articles on Breitbart.com. And you can find uh, me on Twitter at Alan Bakari. At Liberty Lockpot on Twitter. If you subscribe, I'll follow you back because I appreciate people that support my work. And uh, Liberty Lockdown's the show. Tower Gang is my comedy show. You can find both Liberty Lockdown and Tower Gang on YouTube and Rumble. Ian? At Ian Cross on all across the internet. Subscribe to me on YouTube and every platform you can. I'm going to be going live tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the great, wonderful, and powerful Adam Krigler. Very excited. Awesome. The boy's back in town. Well, we're not literally back in town, but yeah, it'll be a great show. So follow me. I'll yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Steph? You can find me on Instagram at Steph We Are Changed. Oh, and, and I just want to say real quick, I will be in Connecticut uh, speaking with Josie the Redhead Libertarian, Maj Trey, the whole LP convention in Connecticut. I will be out there this weekend, uh, so come check me out. Where was my invite? I wasn't even invited. Do you want to come? I don't. I hate Connecticut. Oh, yeah, you don't want to go to Connecticut. I don't want to go the to Connecticut. Connecticut in November. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, November. dude. It's not. It's not. Oh, it's December. It's actually December second. So. But there are some cool people. Maybe. I don't know. It's we'll going to be chilly, bro. They want you gain fat. Don't do it. I love you guys. <laughs> Stay tuned for more here on rumble.com forward slash we are change. <laughs> All right. That was it. That be was straight and lean. Okay. Uh, we're still 